Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. And Gibby, the Frangie Show starts now on Tintin XL 92.5 FM. Hey, welcome in. Glad you're along for the ride, along with Hayes Carlion, Lauren Brooks, Dylan Denmark sitting in for Andrew Gibson. What's up, Dylan? How are you, brother? You good, right? man. How about yourself? Good to have you with us for a day. Yeah, right? a lot of good football over the weekend. A lot of good well, football. Oh, a lot, but one game. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, one really good game. Um, and boy, we had some loser Monday drama, didn't we? Yeah, is Gibby what? okay? Yeah, well, we don't know. We don't know. We have not. Okay. We have not been able. No one's. No one's heard from him. Okay. We've not been able to reach him. We put out an all points bulletin to see if he's in around. Nobody mm-hmm. knows. So we just, you know, oh. we're hoping for the best. Hope so, he's okay. Sometimes you just hope for the best. The uh, Gibby, uh, he, in, in, to his credit, he told us on Friday he wouldn't be here today, so that he that the loser Monday. He said in the off chance that he was he was picking up food would be on Tuesday. I missed really? that. I'd missed it too. Yeah, yeah. He he was he is he actually had like a doctor's appointment, like a physical thing that was going to take oh. some time. So yeah, so yeah, he told us. He, but it's a better story. I liked I, the narrative. I'm, yeah, of yeah. he was dodging. I'm the starving it's better, myself. It's a, <laughs> it's a better story if I hadn't uh, if I hadn't told that. But he is. Uh, what 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 a loser Monday finish. Lauren Brooks did not score a touchdown, but beat him by one. So he's All it he, takes. he, he took is, the right kicker. He has come from in no danger of the hat. It's now overtime. Brooks and Gibby for the hat. How about that? I mean, this is just phenomenal drama. Has he lost three straight? It's at least that. In order to no, tie you had me. one. Three out of four, I think it was. Didn't you okay. have? Yeah, so three out of four. So He lost this one, Yeah. the bowl challenge, Yeah. and then the one before that would have been conference TD passes. I think he won, lost that too, yeah. No, that was the – That was me. Oh, that was Drake Bay and Cade Club. But then I wonder what the one was I'll, I'll, I'll find it. prior. What I do know is that they're tied. They're they're G- tied, yes, for sure. Gibby, the four he had lost, the bowls, the bowls he lost. Right. The bowls. He's lost the last two. Yeah. Okay. That's right. The bowls in this. That that's that's what got him tied. Right. The last one he had lost wasn't all Gibby needed was for somebody else to lose. Right. In the last two. Yeah. If you were I'd lost, and he wasn't. Brooks is wearing the hat today. Correct. Even though he Gibby would be buying the food, Brooks had had that. All I have to say to the two of you is thank you for drafting properly, yeah. much well, better than I drafted. Thank you. Well, the, here's the reality is Brock Purdy getting hurt, mm-hmm. hurt you. Mm-hmm. It took Kittle out of play. Mm-hmm. It hurt me. It took Debo out of play. Mm-hmm. But it crushed him because his kicker wound up with one point. If right. your kicker gets one point in this contest, you're probably losing. That, that, even though well, barely. Again, it, it goes with the should you draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, what should you take first? And, and, you but know? but his, him taking the kicker. And he taken he, my kicker. He, he doesn't picked, lose. He, picked, by the way, he drafted first. Right. He, drafted, he, dra- he had the first overall pick. It's tough, you know. You know, he's kind of like the Jags They're gonna have the first overall pick two years in a row. That's kind of right. what happened. The, uh, did, but Lauren and I were talking about this before the show. How seriously did you consider on your value board Miles Sanders? 
Barry. He was the guy I would have taken if I had. The only reason I didn't take Sanders because yeah. I did have him above, and this was right. not to get too far into this because I know Lauren <laughs> records these conversations yeah, right, right. and she plays does, it back. There's no question. Uh, her whole analytics, her, scouting. her analytics but, uh, team goes through uh, all right. of Clearly, yeah. all of that has, has but, um, really done yeah. me well uh, over I'm, the last I'm few becoming years. Trent Balky yeah, over here with my paranoia over other clubs figuring out my strategy. Um, but uh, but I will say I had Sanders above Mixon, and I kicked myself all weekend because I didn't want all three to be Eagles. Right. And I'd already taken right. – I was left with Elliott, so I had to take the Eagles right. kicker. Right, Um, And then I wanted Hurts. So then, like, if I had to do it in hindsight, maybe I would have taken Kelsey. But I see I never thought Sanders would – probably get to me right so Sanders was there at 12 and I was like if I'm gonna go by this is why you should always go by your board right because it, I would have had three eagles yeah uh, but I would have had the guy that scored twice I would have yeah. I would have I, I, I had Debo had over, plenty of I had points. Debo just ahead of Sanders and I took Debo but in retrospect well before the game I wish I hadn't so I'd have one on three different teams now I had two 49ers in the minute Purdy got hurt I you know the only reason I had any touchdown is Christian McCaffrey broke 78 tackles on one play. Run. He's that he, was right now wherever he is, he's still breaking tackles. Yeah, that was a he's like, he's like that might be the best single play. Yeah, yeah he's in of he's, the weekend. He's made it to Wyoming now and he's yeah. breaking he broke a tackle at a saloon, he broke a tackle <laughs> at a, a convenience store, he's still breaking tackles. Well, Devontae Smith's catch yeah. that was wasn't catch. really a catch, but yeah. he was able to get his team to move quickly enough right. uh, to move right along. That was another great play. It, it he was, just didn't actually catch the ball. It was odd that none of the Third round picks scored a single point. AJ Brown, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Joe Mixon all funny? had zeros. Isn't that funny? Um, and uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, I, so. I, uh, yeah, I, I was, uh, I kind of felt like I'd gotten painted into a corner. It's like if I take three Eagles, yeah, you don't want that. You just, you just don't want. You I don't know, believe the, you should have something on three. You should, and I didn't ideally, do it. Ideally, three you different would have teams. That. Three different teams. Yeah. So, so and Gibby's the only one that did, and Gibby lost. Well, there you go. The only guy that had, the only guy that had three different teams represented lost. <laughs> Uh, what what games? What 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 a game last night! Um, there's so much to talk about uh, to unpack from that game. The officiating, uh, the, the 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 late hit. I felt so bad for that kid. I really did because he played a great game. And it's a penalty. You can That's not one you can non call. The, the, the three flags flew, but I felt so bad for him. At uh, least it's an effort play. That's yeah. the one thing that I go back to. And it was, and it, and it certainly was. And he'll, you know, people say he'll long be remembered for it. He will. But he got so much support, and he's so—he's only twenty-two. He's a really young guy. That he'll—that he—that his career will be more than that. Yeah. Um, but you can't uh, make that hit, though. Yeah, you no, have no. to know. Yeah, the, you, you have to know. No I, question. I, it's it's yeah. a shame, obviously. I, you know, they're gonna give Mahomes the call, even if it's close. But that, but the the bottom. So, and I get it. You're going full speed, but if there were people saying, "Well, you know, what if Mahomes turns it up?" I don't think. He had to worry about no, that. No, he, I mean, I think the angle Mahomes was taking was clearly right. he's going out of bounds. So just pull up. Like if you end up, if you put your arms up and your body just sort of hits him a little bit, right? Then at least you've made no. the official really have to think about: Am I going to throw this? Because well, it's going to decide the well, game. Well, you said it, but that, when you use the forearm, there yeah. was no way they weren't calling. Well, it. And I got this written down. You said it. You're one step ahead of me. The hands up would have done it, even if you make contact and then pull the hands up immediately. At that juncture of the game, the official's probably not throwing it. First quarter, even if the hands go up after the contact, you're still getting the flag. But at that juncture in the game, I think if the hands go up, like, whoops, I didn't mean to, I think because it's such a critical point, 
Now, maybe they wouldn't have all held him. Right. But well, I he can't put the hands up after he's hit him with the forearm. Right. But, I mean, he's got to have yeah. the hands up, and if right. their bodies kind of yeah. hit, yeah. then it's like, okay, well, that's right. then they, I think if you're the they official, the flag at you have to. Yet. I mean, yeah. he's he's still hitting him late. Yeah. He's still hitting him out Correct. of bounds. Right. But it's it was it wouldn't be as egregious as yeah. uh, is what he ended up doing, which was once you put your forearm into the back right. of Mahomes and send him flying, right. there was no way they weren't calling him. I was probably the only person on earth rooting for it to not go to overtime. Everyone yeah. else was hoping for right. more you football. Wanna know, you wanna- I wanted no part. <laughs> Part of overtime, yeah, I wanted it to I, be over. Because yeah. yeah. at that point, only a Kelsey touchdown right. would have yes. uh, saved Gibby. Yeah, I, uh, but I, and I, by then, I, I realized I was pretty much safe. Right. I really wanted overtime. I want to. Oh, I, I just want to. Normally, I, I would. I wanted to see more of that football. But we're going to talk all about those two games, about the Super Bowl, about what it all means. Jamal Agnew getting to go to the Pro Bowl. I got a lot of thoughts about him. Uh, so we'll get to all of that. It's all about pro football today. What two made two really amazing days, amazing games. I know the first one didn't turn out to be amazing because of what happened, but it was it was a fun watch just to see where it would go. What are the chances of down to your third and fourth quarterbacks and they both get hurt? I mean, what are the, what are the chances of that? And, and it clearly, Brock Purdy couldn't throw. I mean, you let, you were down to no quarterbacks who could throw, and it was. Uh, I mean, it's just a uh, and and you know what? And good in a different time. In a different era, Josh Johnson runs back out there with a headache. But now, base football's figured out that's not what you do. You you leave people in two. Uh, that's what happens to lives after football is Josh John- the Josh Johnson of the world running back out there, and now you don't do it. And had it been, I think, one more week, we might have seen Jimmy Garoppolo be healthy enough to go in, and, and yeah. everything's different. Well, well, he wasn't active, though. He, right. He, right. That's he, what I mean. If it had been one more yeah. week, he might have been healthy. Yeah. Well, maybe they would have. He, may, he might have been the backup, right? He, and, he, and I do like the idea of the league going back to having the yeah. emergency third Correct. quarterback available. Which is yeah. what they always did. An inactive quarterback was and I, that's, that's one of the things we're going to talk about because that's proof of why you should do that. Why yeah. you should do it. So right, we got a lot of things to talk about today. Uh, we'll talk a little uh, college football recruiting that's in the news. I want to talk about Keontae at some point. Uh, that uh, I'm so happy for him. There wasn't much chance Florida was going to win that game. Florida's going to have trouble with games like that. But it was more about Keontae than it was the Gators, and it was fun watching him. Uh, I, w- I was rooting for him to make the windmill dunk, by the way. Were you watching the game? Mm-hmm. I-, I-, I didn't want him to miss the dunk. They were already going to win. They-, they were win. I didn't want to see. I wanted him-, I wanted him to make the dunk and the place come on- the-, the roof come off the place. So, But uh, it was really neat, the Castleton picture with him afterwards. Um, it was really good stuff. So, um, so we'll talk all about that. But let's start with yesterday's fantastic events, the AFC Championship game. Tell we'll start. Uh, that is a that is a showdown between two great quarterbacks that did not disappoint, man. Uh, that's how we'll kick off the program. Glad you're with us on a Monday. Our Monday's always brought to you by the Best Bet. The Best Bet is the absolute best way to have fun around here. Three fantastic locations. That new one in St. Augustine is gorgeous. You know about that Jacksonville location? That's kind of the crown jewel. And boy, they still love uh, going out there and playing poker in Orange Park. Head to the Best Bet today. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. It's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. Hey, thanks for joining us on the program. Hayes Carlion, Lauren Brooks, Dylan Denmark filling in for Andrew Gibson. Gibby will be back tomorrow with food. <laughs> All right. Enjoy just sharing that. That's right. I mean, I feel like I've gotten very lucky and Look, I'm still in running for loser if, of the year. If you don't wear the hat, it's a greater escape than I had. It's the greatest I, escape ever. Yeah, I, we thought my escape <laughs> last year was a great. This is a better escape. 
This is like the greatest escape of all time if you don't wear the hat. Yeah. It's pretty exciting if yeah. I don't wear the hat. Yeah, we've got, we got. If have I to, do, then this is all just and, a lot of. And, and Hayes and I have to. Nothing. We we're going to go to the lab. Okay, we're going to bring in the analytics team. Yes, right. We're going to bring in the, uh, the, the the all the stats. We're going to bring in emotion. We're going to bring in magic, and we're going to come up with uh, what the final contest is. It'll just be the two of you in it. It's not all four of us. No, this is right. the playoff. Just well, you have an entire basically two weeks. Yeah, but we, but it's the, definitely yeah. got to be Super Bowl. Yeah, and we, it is, and we have to rent the lab though. So I mean, we right. don't, you know, we don't own a lab, so we have to rent <laughs> space in the lab to go into the lab. Is what we do. You're gonna for. get lab coats too. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> and tweet them out. Okay, <laughs> tweet out the with your names on them. Yeah, name on the on the left. Yes, very volatile. It it is. Um. All right, a bunch of thoughts from the game yesterday. First of all, uh, kudos to those two fantastic quarterbacks. They are gamers. They are accurate. They are on point. Even the even the one Burrow interception late that was tipped up in the air and intercepted was a great throw. Guy just made a really he was it was good coverage made a made a great play. Um, he was getting harassed, sacked every play. Uh, Mahomes was playing mostly on one foot. Those two guys are really good. They are worth the price of admission. I know I'm these are this is a no duh comment. I get it. But it is worth the price of admission. Uh, they're how you, that's how you're supposed to play the game. They're both good guys. They're both great teammates. Um, I could watch those two guys play quarterback. I could have watched another four quarters just of those two guys playing quarterback. Those defenses were good. I mean, they, 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 it wasn't it wasn't 48-45. I mean, it was a tough nose, uh, hard nosed game. And golly, I, I mean that that I'll get to the officiating and the the late hit and the ankle and this and that in a minute, but. Shame on us if the first thing you don't take out of the first thing you don't take out of that is those two fantastic, fantastic quarterbacks. One more reason I'm excited about what's happening here because we got one of those two. I'm I'm really convinced of it. Only difference is ours is taller, but I mean I, I think we got one of those two. But what what a what a joy, what a ballet to watch those two guys for three and a half hours last night. Mahomes has obviously just incredible toughness to I. Uh, move the way he was able to move and uh and be as not it didn't seem like it was bothering him i mean enough to affect his play and, and uh you know post a 105.4 passer rating uh in in that environment some of the throws he made the you know the missile uh to valdez scantling was uh one of the best throws i've seen it looked like it was going to be a sack burrow i thought made some wow plays for sure um, but I thought it was, uh, it wasn't a, a, the strongest game from Burrow. Now, again, he was under duress. I think he was sacked four times in the first quarter and a half, five for the game. So obviously he had to adjust to that. Um, but I, I felt like Burrow was much better than I think what he showed. I, I think Mahomes was pretty close to, flawless uh particularly considering what he was dealing with but yeah I mean they're obviously they're two outstanding quarterbacks and it's going to be a difficult path to to win the AFC for any team uh with what Cincinnati and what Kansas City has and you know it's it's certainly a attainable goal for Trevor Lawrence to get to that level but it is a it is a elite level that uh that those two are at and and certainly what Mahomes did yesterday I think it just further cements that he's the guy and everybody else is looking up at him yeah I agree I think Mahomes's instincts when the pocket's collapsing or when he rolls out and he realizes he's not going to get where he needs to get and he just is able to flick the ball 
those instincts, I'm not sure anyone else in the game of football has those and has the agility to be able to pull those off. They might think them, and then that's when the pitch doesn't go according to plan or Josh Allen fumbles, something like that. Those instincts, I think, do set him apart from any other quarterback. And, and obviously, like you said, the toughness. That's the one thing Trevor definitely has is the toughness. We saw that when the Jaguars played the Chiefs. He needed to get that extra yard. He lowered his shoulder, and he got that extra yard. And you're right, Lauren. Not just instincts, but the first thing you said, the ability to make plays when he can't step into his throw. He's as good as he's as good at that. Golly, I'm trying to remember a quarterback ever that did that better. That I mean, when he can't step. I mean, Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all ever of all time. But off his back foot, he's not nearly as good as when he steps into a throw. He's just his footwork is so good that he's always able to step into the throw. Same with Peyton. This guy, he can be sidearm, off balance, off one foot, jump pass. He he might be. I'm trying. I'm trying so hard not to have this recency bias, but he might be about as good as there's ever been at that. At that stuff, because I mean, he is. Yet he's great from the pocket. He he is. I mean, he it was. I, I'm telling you, I love where the game is. I love watching those quarterbacks play. And again, those defenses came now. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't a, a just a, a love fest for who can get to 50 first. Those defenses hit. They covered. Did you know, were you surprised at how well they covered both defenses? Now, look, Kansas City was out of receivers, so that helped the Cincinnati defense. But but were you surprised that very few people ran open for, those, for three and a half hours? There weren't many guys running open. I mean, the catches were jumped – Jamar Chase out jumping two guys and mm-hmm. and 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 Travis Kelsey making a move in the back of the end zone. To, I mean, I mean, usually in, the, in today's NFL, somewhere along the line, a couple times someone's running open. You'll blow a coverage or a guy will double move. There wasn't, there was hardly any of that in that second game last night. Yeah, in fact, I'm trying to think how many plays even above 20 yards you saw in Not that many. game, which. No. You know, for two offenses like this, that's pretty substantial. I mean, the, the chase, the chase play, he was well covered. He was, long, but he was well covered. The fourth and six, yeah, yeah. He, that yeah. was their that was Cincinnati's longest play from scrimmage. So it was thirty five yards thrown into double coverage. Chase makes a great play, unbelievable. Uh, Burrow makes a good throw. Uh, they had five total plays above twenty one yards. So you know, obviously, none of those I would say were. Uh, were blown maybe the Hayden Hurst twenty three yard catch on third and sixteen. Right. Uh he ran a great route and uh and was wide open for that one. But yeah, and then looking at Kansas City's longest plays, they only had three above twenty yards. Their longest was twenty nine yards. Uh so yeah, I mean it that shows you right there. When these two offenses, you know, only the the longest play of the day is is a thirty five yard jump pass where you beat double coverage, it, it does speak to how well people were covered. I do wonder if Mahomes is fully healthy, how different their game plan is going to be. Because they talked, you know, I'm sure all week about if you can't roll out to your left, don't do it. Only roll to your right based off of the health of that ankle and how it's going to feel. And so I do think Mahomes can do even more as as much as we talked and lauded him about how much he did last night. I still think there's there's things that he can do that he wasn't able to do. Well, and what exacerbates that, I agree with you, is he also had no receivers. I mean, they pretty much played that game with Travis Kelsey and a bunch of backup guys. They had no receivers. And and, the, and and Cincinnati did a damn good job of taking away Kelsey late in the game when there was no more Kadarius Tony or Smith-Schuster or Mecole Hardman or uh, – did Valdez Scantley even get hurt? They all got hurt, right? I think he was he had, okay, but, but it yeah. was uh, Hardman and Tony. Yeah, yeah and, and, well, of the guys that started the game, it was Smith-Schuster. 
I mean, he, he, right. he, I mean, they're all hurt. And so, I mean, again, it was tough nose football. It was really fun to watch. Kelsey was only targeted eight times on Mahomes' 43 dropbacks, so that tells you yeah. he was blanketed. Yeah, and they, and they said, yeah. Lou Amarillo, or however you say his name, he said, right. listen, he's not beating us. Correct. Yeah, we, we, we've, yeah, we no matter what, he's not going to be. So, so, so we'll mark see. that down, Jaguars. Yeah, the uh, so, um, all right, some other things about the game the officiating, the do over. I understand in retrospect what happened. The back judge saw that the, the play, the, the game clock should have been stopped because the previous play was an incomplete pass. They had to stop the clock to move the ball a foot. When they did, they forgot to restart the clock. So when while they were playing, the play started. The back judge was running in trying to stop the play because the clock wasn't running, and he had the eye to see it. So I understand it, but that's as bad an optic as you could ever have that a team – and by the way, people think the Chiefs get all the calls. Well, here's a news bulletin. The good teams in all the sports always are accused of getting all the calls, whether it's true or not. I've heard SEC fans talk about Alabama getting all the calls forever. I've heard NFL fans talk about the Patriots getting all the calls forever. Celtics, Lakers, Yankee, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the good team, everybody always thinks the good team gets all the calls. That, that has always, always, always been the case. So, um, so uh, always been the case. So, that's the, uh, so, yeah. I think that's almost a narrative that's just become popular to sort of pounce on. You know, the, the NFL is rigged campaign. I. I mean, again, you hear it in every sport. You do. The video clearly shows. I mean, again, in real time when you're yeah. watching it. And again, I don't think the the broadcast didn't do the league any favors with it because Nance and Romo were both basically like, we didn't hear a whistle. We didn't see anything. But you can see that the back judge stops it. And the rule is as soon as he blows his whistle, you have to assume that at least one of the players on the field stopped. And was affected by the whistle, and therefore you can't have the play. And I was pulling for Cincinnati. So, I mean, I, I was like, what, what's going on here? But then when you saw it, finally, when they showed it, uh, you know, you it, it made a little bit more sense. And then the uh, the holding, again, that's a it's t- it'd be tough not to call that. Uh, I mean, he basically, the defender basically hooked him around his shoulder and didn't let him, you know, into his break. I mean, it's it's not... Ideal, I get that, but again, from the ref's perspective, well, we don't have to like worry about a makeup call. There was no make. I mean, we just had our guy, you know, blow the whistle. That's not, you know, and so I, I think it was one of those things that unfortunately it just right. uh, worked out the way it worked out. But I, I didn't get a sense that, oh wow, Cincinnati is just getting, you right. know, hosed on. I just think it's a popular narrative. And and I understand that. Look, I mean, we've been affected by that, but uh, I I don't think the officials are are good enough to you know rig games. No, and why would they be inherently pulling for the Chiefs when the Bengals went to the Super Bowl last year? It's not like one of these teams was David and when was Goliath. It's just funny to me. I I kind of had to laugh. When was the last time you heard do over? Or yeah. even saw do over written down, like, and then of course to see it on the timeline yeah. so many times, I was not like, oh, I think I was twelve years old the last right. time we talked we about a do over in sports. They got a yeah. they and did. and there was another per- peculiar example in the NFC game where it's early in the game. Obviously, this doesn't end up mattering. The right. Eagles win the game and they win it big, but they punt. It clearly hit the wire. <laughs> right, clearly, clearly hit the wire. Hit the wire. Right. And they're like, 
Well, we can't confirm it hit right, the wire. Right. Like I, I again, I don't think that's anything that there's no agenda there. I just think it's incompetent that all the people that were refing the game can't figure out that obviously this ball hit something. Right. You know, you've got the whole eagle sideline immediately basically pointing up. Right. You see the the ball and what happens to it. I mean, what I've said many times. It, it, it was, again, if San Francisco ends up somehow winning that game, that's a much bigger story today. Yeah. But because it was an Eagles route, no one cares. It, but it, I thought it, I thought that was just inexcusable. I've, I've told you this before. We're going to take a break. I want to talk about officiating in a minute. But I've told you, I've said this for 30 years. Give me a recliner, a slice of pizza, and a beer, and I can tell you what happened after the first replay. It's amazing to me. And I understand it's different when you're you got the headphones on. You have to get it done, and there's seventy thousand people in the place. I understand, but there's one of the things that bothers people the most is what you just said. Everybody watching knew it hit the wire. I don't care if you've got evidence or not. At some point, it's common sense. The ball hit the wire. We're going to re-kick. End of conversation. Nobody argues because you know it hit the wire. There's no there's no way the 49ers could have argued because they knew it hit the wire. You can't argue something that you know happened, and so. Anytime you have an easy answer when nobody can argue, then that then that's what you do. I, I got a thought about officiating. It's a it's similar to a comment I made before, but we'll get to it as well. Uh, how will how will the Super Bowl play out? Let's talk about that Eagles team and what an awful break for Brock Purdy. That's next day with us. It's a Best Bet Monday on the Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. We do thank our friends from the best bet. Head on down there now. That winter open series main event back at Jacksonville location. Best bet Jacksonville on Monument Road. February 3rd through February 6th. That means it's coming up this weekend. Mm-mm, still a few $280 no limit hold'em satellites into that event and a 10-seat guarantee on Thursday. So uh man, you want to play poker. The best bet is the way to do it. Every time you hear it, people get excited because they love they know what a great job they do over there. All right, here's how you fix the officiating. And, and I really – and I figured it out, and I've said it before. I'll say it again. We don't really have a sky judge yet, but what do they call it now? The replay assist or mm-hmm. the ran, the rapid assist or something? What are they calling it? Replay something. assist. Yeah. Replay assist. Where they look at it and you can and they can buzz down if it's an obvious mm-hmm. miss. That's a start. They're, they need to get better at that. They yeah. need to get better, and they need to do more of it. And, you know, and, and here's what they need to do. And college is pretty good about this. Always buzz it if you're not sure. On the Devontae Smith play, you know what you know what the sign you know what should be the first sign you buzz it? The receiver saying hurry up. When they hurry up. Yeah. The I'm telling you, the first if they should put in a rule that if you see a team run to run for tempo suddenly that hasn't been using tempo the whole time and suddenly races races to the line after a stop it. What do you got to lose? What you don't want is a team to get away with a bad call because they hurried to the line. That defeats the spirit of the sport. I mean, kudos to Philadelphia for pulling it off, for racing there before San Francisco could could challenge it. But that's not the way the sport's supposed to work. The way the sport's supposed to work is we want the calls right, not let's race and not, 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 I, I still and I don't think teams should do this. And it's corny. And look, we've all been around sports where our team gets away with one, and we're glad. But I, I look back at remember the remember the old insurance. I think it was an insurance commercial, do the right thing commercial, when the little kids are playing basketball, it's a youth basketball. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? And the ball goes off the kid, 
and and yet the, the official gets it wrong, and then the the kid who the ball went off him goes up to the official and said, "Hey, it went off me." And they, do you remember that? You've seen the commercial. Uh, yes, you've seen it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that Philadelphia should say no, uh, but but I'm just telling you the re, the reality is. I think it was Liberty Mutual. Is that what it was? But the real the reality is you're supposed to get it right. Well, the the to your point about getting it getting better at it, Hayes. Anytime you're not sure, stop it. Stop it. That does now. Now you don't want to stop it and go under the hood for for 20 minutes every time, but you you got to count on that guy in the booth being able to see it. But the NFL would say Kyle Shanahan had a challenge that he kept in his pocket, and they went to the half with all three timeouts. So if he what someone on the 49ers should have done is realized. The receiver is telling the team to hurry up. That is a clear sign. The receiver knows he did not catch that ball, and I've got to throw the challenge. But it's, but it's still a blind challenge. You're, you're still you you still don't know. No, you don't know. You, but mean, if the receiver's indicating hurry yeah, up, that means the get, receiver thinks you only get two the whole game. Yeah. So you, you do you challenge one blindly? And, and who did, last week was it the was it the Chiefs to challenge one blindly against the Jags, or was it two games ago? I, but I'm but I mean you can't challenge them blindly. You got you have to someone someone's got to tell you. That they saw you. You only get two of those a game. So, but the replay. There should be the replay assist guy. The minute it, the minute you, the minute that team races to the line, I'm stopping it. Even if I stop it for a second, and say play on. The minute because that was a big play. That didn't turn out to be because Purdy got hurt and blah. But that was a gigantic play in a game that looked like a defensive game that was going to be very low scoring and and the first team to 17 was going to win. That was a gigantic play. Didn't he get hurt on the drive right after that? So if that ends up not it being... It was right after it, yeah, yeah. so if that ends up not being a catch, we always talk about how the dominoes may yeah. fall. If that's ruled not a catch, you just wonder how things are but a little seven, different. But it's 7-7 seven, into the second quarter. I mean, right? And, and so, I mean, that was a really big play. So I say the minute the, minute the other team's ra- obviously racing to the line for that reason, you stop play. Yeah, I'd love to see it. I mean, again, the league can solve all this. These are not hard challenges. And uh, you know, so to speak, this is not a difficult assignment to uh, to streamline this process and make it just a better process. And uh, again, the if if they had a sky judge, the sky judge I think would have seen the Devonta drop anyway, even before. But even uh, to your point, if you see you know if you see an offense clearly trying to avoid something being looked at, stop it. I, you know, I think that, I think that would be a good rule and, uh, um, you know, but the, they need to rely more on the person in the press box and in the booth, uh, because right now the, the on-field guys, it's just, you know, that was really tough because I don't think anybody on the field had the angle that the camera ended up providing. Right. And, uh, that's what Shanahan said after the game. So, so we're going to have to basically, you know, walk one of two paths. Either we're going to walk the path of calls are going to be missed and we just have to understand that that's part of sports or we're going to have to say we want everything to be right and we're not doing a good enough job of that yet. And and I think the overwhelming public response is we want everything to be right even if that creates a little bit more uh, of things being looked at. But again, if it's just a person upstairs that has the access to all the angles, it's not going to take very long to say, yes, this is not a catch. And, uh, again, it's, it's, it's sad because 
it's uh it's it's something that is easily fixable. I mean, this is still a league that has chains break and has to go to a, a different set of chains. Right. I mean, what's going on here? You're right about that. The sport in in, in 2023 with all the technology in the world, we still measure first downs with a stick and a chain. At some point, we're probably getting that part wrong. I'm not sure that I've seen them break before and had to go to the backup chain set. Chain. We got a stick and a chain. You know, I mean, we you still think the technology yeah. would be in the football. Yeah, yeah, but I, but I, but I really do think. But they've got to get that part. The what's happened is technology is so good that it. And, and look, officiating's hard. The fish, football officiating isn't very good, but they can't all be terrible. One of the reasons it's not very good is it's hard. It's 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 the one sport where you've got to cover way more ground, and the players are faster and more athletic than in any other sport, and the, and you don't know where the play is going to be. I always say this: baseball umpires are really good, but for the most part, you know where the play is. You, it's 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 usually it's it's one of those four base, it's one of the three bases, home plate or or one of the lines. Okay, you know you pretty much know where the play is. The uh, basketball most fouls are called. I'll bet you in basketball. 90% of the fouls are called, if not in the lane, certainly top of the key and down. Now, there's some called around midcourt, but 90 So you know where the plays are, and it's a small court. Hockey, I don't know enough about it to know, but but football's hard to call. But technology— That's why you need this guy judge, like you're saying. Right, right, because technology is so good now right. that it reveals more than ever the mistakes. The, the problem—technology—see, technology, see, technology in, in making the calls hasn't gotten better, enough better. But technology in revealing the missed calls is better than it's ever been. So you have to keep up with what fa- you have to keep the the game has to keep up with what the fan sees. That's the bottom line. I agree, and and this is one of those examples where I I don't think that people talking about this is a good thing for the league. The league's going to be talked about enough uh, for for all the entertainment it provides. This is something that is an easy fix, and again, I you know not that the uh, you know Devonta Smith no catch that was a catch ended up affecting San Francisco's season. But there's just too much that's poured into this. I mean, these teams are spending a quarter of a billion dollars on their rosters. Right. Uh, you know, that these teams start working in late July uh, in camp every single day, basically, to that point. It just, to me, it's just, why would we keep doing this? Why, why would we have a system where it is clear that how we're doing it isn't the way that we should be doing it. And I also will say this for the officials that I don't think the league's helped them with. They change the rules all the time. I mean, they need to have a 10-year period where they say, these are the rules, we're not changing anything, like it or not, this is what it is. Because I think the you know when it comes to roughing the passer and the pass interference, and there's been so many tweaks to what a catch is, what is not a catch, I think it's 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 hard. We talk about, you know, stability is so important in sports for, you know, the development of players and and the relationships that they have with their coaches. I think stability is huge for the officials. If the rule book is constantly changing uh on on the most important facets of what they have to make calls on, Correct. you're going to have inconsistent officiating. Yeah, I think that's a good point. It also seems like to me the Gene Steratores, you know, the guys that are right advising the commentators they do a really good job and it feels like if they had someone like that there to kind of oversee right. it all it would move smoother too yeah yeah and they need to they need to have good officials former officials 
the guys that are on TV aren't going back because they make way more money. Sure. Yeah, but I'll, but I'll tell you this: the who's the guy that was that did the um, the Chiefs Jaguars game? Terry, the former um, McCullough. Terry McCauley, McCauley, whatever his name is. Him. He was wrong on the Agnew catch. He had he did not see every angle. He said uh, catch two feet down, control, uh, catch fumble. He said it just if you went back and watched the TV replay, which I, most of us go back and watch the TV replay, even if we're at the game or whatever. He said, well, you guys were watching. I mean, I was I was obviously not watching live. He said, uh, two feet down, control, catch, fumble. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Well, he's wrong. I, I mean, maybe maybe it should have been catch, fumble. But for him to say it that definitively, no. Uh, if, you, if, you looked at, if you looked at the shot in front of Agnew where he really was trying to get the ball tucked away, I'm not – he did not have it. He, I, I, and, again, I, I, I'm, I'm a homer, but my point is – so I thought he, he got it wrong. So hopefully they'll get that part right. There are a lot of people in Jacksonville who agree with you. What about the story of, of Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts – like a son to me. <laughs> as he should be. Was benched in Alabama mm-hmm. on national TV, stayed on the team as a backup, never blinked an eye – then realized, okay, this is to his job. I'll just go over here to Oklahoma, and now is one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League. Think about that for what a in a by all accounts, like like Mahomes and Burrow, an amazing, amazing, amazing guy. You know that? It's an incredible story. Uh, I was completely wrong when the Eagles drafted him in the second round. I was like, boy, what a waste of a pick that was. <laughs> and uh, I mean, he is developed and, and become a remarkable player and certainly a lot of toughness that that he displayed as well and and he's such a, a unique player um, obviously he's got the perfect mental build uh, for this and it's it's really incredible uh, that that the Eagles could have what looked like to be a franchise quarterback in Carson Wentz because he almost wins the MVP the year that they win the Super Bowl with Nick Foles filling in uh, so if you're the Eagles, you feel like you've got quarterback figured out, then amazingly Wentz basically falls apart mentally and with his game. And here you take a guy in the mid to late second round that has just become a superstar. And, uh, you know, if, if Jalen Hurts hadn't hurt his shoulder, there's a good chance he would have won the MVP or certainly would have been right in it. And uh, it it is it's in, it it really is incredible, and uh, it's a testament to the adversity that he has overcome because it it has been substantial compared to a lot of the other you know golden boy quarterbacks that we have now. Yeah, I think it's a great story. I agree with all that. I think great story. I don't think if he plays the way he played against the Forty ers that the Eagles have any chance of beating the Chiefs. I, I didn't think he played that well. Again, the game got out of hand and all that. But I think he's going to have to be much more accurate than he was if they're going to try and win the Super There's Bowl. There's truth to that. But that San Francisco defense is really good. It's hard to say a team that lost 31-7 is really good on that side of the ball. But I always say this. Offense has to help the Absolutely. defense. You have, you're, you're, no matter how good your defense is, if your offense can't complete a pass, your defense is going to give up points. But I, I, I really do say I think their defense is really – I mean – The 49ers had 164 yards. I know. I know. Well, they, well, they couldn't throw a pass. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, they, I mean, they literally could not pass the ball. Is They're, there a uh, direct correlation between yeah, yeah. being able to throw a ball <laughs> yeah. more than five yards downfield and did, yardage? Did you, were you yelling at the screen like I was? I didn't carry one. I just wanted to be competitive. They go ahead and snap it to McCaffrey yes. out of the Wildcat for yeah. a quarter. Why? Why didn't they just do that? I mean, obviously, you got a guy in there that you know is either handing off or maybe throwing a screen. 
Why have him in there? I was very surprised, especially considering he may end up needing to have yeah. Tommy John surgery, and yeah. you're still putting him back out there against an aggressive 49ers defense. I mean, aggressive Eagles defense that led the the nation in sacks. I thought for sure yeah. it would either be Kyle Uzcheck or Christian McCaffrey that would be the Wildcat quarterback for the yeah. game moving forward. Yeah. By the way, did you see that? Is it's the UCL with ulnar yeah. collateral nerve, which is which is Tommy John. I I, I was shocked when I saw them. Have they just have they said yet the, the MRI? Whether well, they're was not today. even surgery, yeah, they have not. Well, if it's yet. A, if it's an owner, if it's a UCL, he's probably going to need Tommy John, Most which likely. you never see that with a, f- a football injury. Well, and again, it's not because though he was throwing correct, it; it's correct. because of getting hit, you know, while well, he was releasing. But I mean, if that's what it is, he's down for a year. Well, it wasn't going to matter anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. going to be Tom moving Brady. forward. Yeah, yeah, it's Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it is. But but he's down for wherever he plays. Yeah, I mean he's down for. Well, he'll play in San Francisco. Yeah, but yeah. he just won't. Well, he won't have actually have to play. Yeah, well, unless well, something thing. happens to Tom. If, it, 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 if it's a if it's a Tommy John, unless Tom's playing until fifty, <laughs> yeah, it, right. it, it may time out right. But yeah. uh, gosh, well, I hate I hated that for him. But we feel like we know him because he's Denny's guy, and he's such a great story. The last pick in the draft. Again, I did not care who won the game. I had literally no rooting interest either way on that one. But I hated to see it happen like that. The, the, the one play in or a handful of plays in, he's not able to continue the game. So, all right, we'll take a break. Uh, let's talk about uh, some more football. we got a Super Bowl coming up. Let's take an early peek what the Super Bowl looks like. Who do we like? What do we expect to happen? How healthy will the teams be? That's next on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. It's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. The uh, Taylor read the update from the Florida baseball guys. Apparently, Waldrop, Sprote, and Langford are all, like, no doubt first-rounders. Last time we had three first-rounders, took One the trophy and home. And I know you're a little bit worried, Hayes, about the, the state of the program. I'm just uh, I'm sharing, well, I'm sharing that for it's, you. Well, it's the program. <laughs> That's all we got? Yeah. That's all we got. got Wait a Jim minute. Okay, Thank you. Thank you very much. Just, but all, uh, Hurston Waldrop was a transfer from Southern Miss, which was about 1,000. And left Southern Miss to come to Florida, so God bless him for it. So when the other two were on the team last year, so so there you go. Um, kind of a Super Bowl we got. I think the Eagles are going to kill him. You think they're going to kill him? Wow. Yeah. I don't. I think the Eagles are going to kill him. What do yeah, you think? I I think not just the opposite. I don't think the Chiefs are going to roll the Eagles. I think it's a really good game. The past few games, I guess, in Arizona, past few Super Bowls have been kind of instant classics. I think we're headed towards the Chiefs winning by maybe a touchdown. I would pick the Chiefs today, um, but I think it's a close game. Uh, then, obviously, if you think that, the the one thing we learned about the Eagles is those lines of scrimmage are so good. So, you think it's a line of scrimmage game. Yeah, I think Mahomes really has difficulty getting away from this group. And I think the Eagles offensively are going to present a ton of problems for the Chiefs. I I just, you know, I, I think in two weeks, Hurts will – will be a little bit more aggressive keeping the ball in the ground game. I felt like it didn't end up really mattering because Sanders ran pretty well, you know, ran for two touchdowns. Uh, you know, Boston Scott ran for another. Um, so it, the, the middle was pretty open, I thought, uh, against San Francisco. I think a, a, for a large part because Hertz was worried about the shoulder, and I think San Francisco felt like Hertz was 100%. So they, they – did a good job of spying Hurts. I think that uh, I think Kansas City is going to have a much much more difficult task with that. So I think Philadelphia is going to just chew them up 
in the trenches on both sides. And I think it's going to be, you know, we saw this with Mahomes against the Bucks a couple years ago, two or three years ago, where Tampa just put unrelenting pressure on him and there just wasn't really anything he could do. I, I don't, when I say Philadelphia is going to kill them, it's not because I don't have a lot of confidence in Patrick Mahomes. He's a, he's the best quarterback, but there's only so much you can do. Uh, if you don't have time, you don't have a ground game, which he won't have. Uh, you don't really know the health of, of his uh, receiving core. I just think it is a terrible matchup for Kansas City. Yeah, I can certainly understand that. I think the Eagles have obviously skated through to get to this point, and so I don't know that they are challenged like the Chiefs have been challenged. And so I, I think both the Jaguars and the Bengals played the Chiefs really closely. I think they're going to be more prepared for kind of the 10-round the fight. I also just think Mahomes is so much better than Hurts. Like, I just think they are not even on the same level. And so I think Mahomes is going to be able to to get the ball out quickly to be able to to get away from the pressure that the Eagles are going to present. Both teams have had extraordinary years. The Chiefs are 16-3, and three, if you count all the games, and the three losses are all by three points. So I don't know that anyone's going to roll them. So, But a lot of it comes down to the health. The big, big question for me is how many guys are back? Is Smith-Schuster back? Is Hardman back? Is is Tony back? Is how healthy is Mahomes? You know, how, I mean, it's still it's two more weeks now. It's still a high ankle sprain, but it's now two more weeks. Uh, I, I wouldn't have him doing anything, you know. So, um, but I, I think it's going to be a really, really good game. I will say this: boy, those Eagles have the line of scrimmage. If you, if you think about how this affects the Jags, we're going to do that next segment. We we'll talk some Jaguars, but as you think about it, you know what? We talk about uh, let's get a tight end and another receiver, and we need a second back. Might want to draft some linemen. You know, you might well, you might want to just go to free agency and draft and say linemen, 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 because you learn because they they're off to a good start. Fadakasi was okay. Uh, Roy Robertson Harris was very good, but he's expensive. Um, there's not many backups. You know, if Trayvon goes down, then there's there's a backup. Then what do you do outside? The offensive line, I, I would try and keep all three tackles just so you have them. Um, I'd consider a left guard somewhere. I really would. And I, uh, but boy, cause you saw that you saw what having physical lines of scrimmage did these four teams, you know, you saw when one did and one did the impact they made. I think to me, the interior pass rush is what the Jaguars had none of this entire season. And that's where, yes, we can talk about edge and, and helping that. And that needs to be solidified. But if you have an interior pass rush, that changes everything. And the Jaguars did not have that. No, I agree with that. I think you're right about that. So we'll get to the Jags in a minute. Back to this game for a second. Um, we're going to hear a lot of Kelsey. You're going to hear the Kelsey story for two weeks, which doesn't bother me, by the way. I, 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 I think that's kind of a fun story. I think the It'll Kelsey bother story, you by a week from Thursday. It won't, but I'm not the guy that that stuff bothers, but it will bother everybody else. I, you know, I, I, stuff like that. Doesn't, see, the announcer stuff, people want to rag on the announcers. I think the announcers are good. I think Romo's good. What what happens? Let me tell you what happened with Romo. Romo made the comment in the previous game that was a perfect throw, a little high. Remember that, or a little wide? Was it wide or high? Perfect throw, a little wide. So everybody crushed him for that. Perfect throw, a little wide. Perfect show, dot dot dot, a little wide. Perfect throw, dot dot dot. He got crushed for that. Well, obviously, what he meant was it was a perfect throw. He said, now upon further review, it actually wasn't quite perfect. It was a law. They knew what he meant, but people couldn't wait to rip him. You know, people can't wait. Do you like Olson? Yeah, I think he's very good. Do you like Olson? Yeah, he's good. He talks a lot. I mean, he he is a he's he's a more talkative color guy than some are. You know, not every some color guys talk a lot. Some get right to it, and he's a very talkative color guy. But I 
I think Burkhart was good. And the more we, the more familiar we become with his cadence. See, if you're not used to, if you're used to Joe Buck being the guy, okay, and Kevin Burkhart comes along, it's gonna, it's gonna be funky for a while because he's not Buck. He's not the guy. You know, I, I think Ian Eagle is fantastic. He's a, he's a great broadcaster and even a better guy. But the first two or three times he does the Final Four, and he's a great broadcaster. But it's going to be weird not hearing Nance. You know, I mean, it, it just is. It's going to be weird that Nance isn't the one doing it. So, so I, so for me, I think the broadcasters. So much criticism. Sometimes people just can't wait to criticize these national broadcasters. I think they're good. Yeah, I also don't lock into every single word that they say, ready to pounce on them either. Yeah. I, I listen some, but I'm also analyzing it and watching it myself. So I'm not like, oh, what did Romeo say about that? I, I can't wait to tweet out that he got that wrong. That's not at all how I watch the game of football. Yeah, and I think there's times when when they, they they don't point out something. I think Olsen didn't point out the empty hand one time when I thought he should have. I thought I thought that there's things that was obvious what the what the opposing team was complaining about a few times that that he didn't pick up on. But I, I thought they did fine. So I, I I'm looking forward to this Super Bowl. I love Super Bowls anyway. I think this one I, I really it's a clash of styles. It's the two number one seeds. Uh, I do like the Kelsey storyline. I like the Andy Reid versus Philadelphia storyline. I love the Jalen Hurts story. I think it's legit. I think he's. I think he's legit. Uh, I like the story. Uh, two black quarterbacks for the first time ever. That's that. That took too long. You know. I think. Uh, I think the truth is, for the first time ever, there truly is no color in quarterbacking anymore. And you could make the argument that 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 there was for too long. That there were. That there were. That. that, that the people not not anymore, not in the last 15, 20 years, but for the longest time, if a young black prospect came into football, you thought, well, he must be a wide receiver or a corner, rather than maybe he's just a damn good quarterback. And I think we finally are finally are totally colorless at quarterback, which is cool. So I, I mean I like all the storylines. I there's not much about this setup that I think I'm not gonna like. Oh, I think from a storyline standpoint, it's fantastic. It's a very uh close spread, uh, which I think will carry through. Uh, so I think you're. I think it's going to be fun. You're going to have 50% of your friends that like the Chiefs, 50% that like the Eagles. Um, I, it, certainly, how they're going to defend each other, I think, is is really interesting. Because uh, again, with the Eagles, you're talking about you know Brown and Smith and Goddard, and and how is Kansas City going to handle that in addition to the run game? Obviously, you know what does Kelsey do for the Chiefs? Does he have another remarkable game? Um, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and certainly the Andy Reid versus uh, Eagles is is a fantastic storyline for Reid. It would be his second Super Bowl. He's probably already in the Hall of Fame, but that would certainly solidify it for Andy Reid and for Nick Sirianni. You know, if he gets a gets a ring, then you know he's somebody who has been sort of in anonymity, and that will go away uh, if uh, if the Eagles win the Super Bowl. So. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to like with the matchup. You got two number one seeds. Uh, I think the game itself is going to be more of a mismatch than people think. But uh, but I think the lead up to the game and the hype surrounding it, it's going to be fantastic. Do you know the last top seed to win the Super Bowl? I don't. 2017 Eagles. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I did not. The last number, time a number one seed won the Super Bowl. And I would have guessed because of Nick Foles, they probably weren't weren't the number one seed. I wouldn't have guessed that they were. He only had to quarterback like the last two games of the regular season. Is that what it was? So two they games. were pretty much and Wentz was having a great year. Yeah. yeah, interesting stuff. All right, let's take a break. So how does all this affect the Jags? What does this all say about Jacksonville's football team? We'll talk about that. Uh, Jamal Agnew, a very deserving trip to the 
Pro Bowl, whatever the Pro Bowl is these days, Pro whatever, Bowl game, whatever it is, he gets to go to it. So uh, all that more continues. We can uh, all that more comes up. We continue. Stay with us. It's a Best Bet Monday on the Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. Hey, we do want to thank our friends from the Best Bet. Man, oh man, have a good time. Those three great locations you just heard. St. Aug, beautiful new location. Orange Park right there on 17 and, of course, on Monument Road, that beautiful Jacksonville location. All kind of fun, including that Winter Open Series Main event this week at Best Bet Jacksonville over there on Monument Road, the 3rd through the 6th. Still a few $280 non-limit hold'em satellites into the main event and a 10-seat guarantee on Thursday. And don't wait around. Head over there. You'll be awfully, awfully glad you did. By the way, speaking of the Orange Park location, early bird specials are at Best Bet Orange Park. Saturdays and Sundays, $300 high hands from 9 until 10 in the morning. So head over there. Glad you did. All right, so I think most people would agree, or most people would have the opinion, I think, that the um, most important guys to save that are not under contract right now would be Evan Ingram, Jawan Taylor, Arden Key, in whatever order. And you, yeah. you, may not, you may not keep them, but you, you, would, you would think – Probably that order. And I would say the order is probably Ingram, Taylor, Key. Yeah, Key's okay. definitely third. Yeah, but, th- but those are the three guys, right? And whether it's guys who are not under contract or guys who need to be extended or guys who you're not sure, where would you put Jamal Agnew in terms of guys you want on the team? Forget contract status for a second. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's important. He is under contract. It's expensive. Yeah. Um, but uh, – so that that'll be interesting to see if if maybe they try to uh, extend him to save a little bit money uh, of money now, um, because that's what it would take. But uh, but I I mean he's a he's a big part of this. You'd, you'd love to have him. I mean he's he's more of a luxury item than he is a meat and potatoes have to have him. Um, so that's the only thing with the Jaguars in the cap uh, situation that they're in. Uh, you know, that's the luxury items you have to at least put under the microscope and make sure that this is something that still works. Uh, but I like Agnew. I'm working on a, a ranking the, the depth of the team, and I've, I've got Agnew, um, you know, in the top 20. So, I mean, considering he's – Importance of players. Yes. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he definitely is is a key piece. I concur. Jamal Agnew, we saw it multiple times this year. The offense is sputtering, and all of a sudden, one of his big returns helps set up much better field position, and he's always a threat to take it to the house, even if it's not just good field position. That's an important piece on your team that, again, you have a young quarterback. We think he's going to be great, but he still sometimes needs help. I think Jamal Agnew is critically important as well, and I and I would do everything I can to keep him. Now, look. The more we talk about keep it together, keep it together, keep it together, and I have been preaching that from the mountaintop, there is a reality that to get better, you might have to let some guys go. To get better along the defensive front, you may not be able to keep Jamal Agnew. To get better depth, uh, it, to get a better another running back, another receiver, um, better corners, you may, not, you may not be able to keep Juwan Taylor if you already have Walker Little and Cam Robinson. I understand that. I just think this this season, more than other seasons, this season was was so, in my mind, 
this season is so important, the culture, the togetherness, the connection with the fan base, I just think this one was so important that you would keep this group together even more than you normally would. That makes sense? I, I think so, too. I also think you tend to focus on retention more when you arrived a year early, which is clearly what they did. Well said. Uh, I agree so, with that. So there's still the, – the expectations are not going to be next year get to the Super Bowl. If they do that, that is magnificent. But I think the expectation next year is going to be can you win the division again and then hopefully make a run in, in the tournament – um, so I think when when you're at the stage of, of their growth and development as a winning outfit, I think you really do focus in on we've got something special here that, that ties this group together. And if we can retain as much of that as we possibly can, these players understand it's a business. They, they know that the team isn't going to be exactly the same. But I think if they see that ownership and the front office and the coaching staff did as much as they possibly could to keep the group together, I think players are going to appreciate that. I think so, too. Arden Key, do you think the Jaguars, we all like him a lot as a person, did fairly well as a pass rusher, but do you think that's the type of player that the Jaguars could upgrade? Uh, I don't think he's going to be expensive. And I think, uh, and I know pass rushers can be expensive, and I know he's only 26, but I don't sense that he will. So I think uh, you could up, yeah. I mean, he, he's not a better player than Brandon Graham. He's not a better player than than some expensive guys that'll be out there. But I think for what he will cost, I think you'll find a way to keep him. You agree? I do agree. And uh, you know, I, I think that uh, I think you're right about the cost. He signed a one year, four million dollar deal after having five and a half sacks with the 49ers and was really more of a second wave of free agency guy. I, I don't think he did enough this season for that price tag to dramatically go up. Um, so I, you know, I, I'd like to think that you can bring Arden Key back on a deal that is uh, reasonable, and I, I don't think it's going to be a situation where I, you're going to, you know, where Balky and Peterson are going to have sticker shock because some agent told or some uh, team told an agent at the Combine, hey, if Arden Key hits the market, we're going to be throwing $9 million a year at him. That would surprise me. Tony Baselli said this morning that maybe a trade for Aaron Donald. Hayes, can you get that done? Uh, we can try. Um, <laughs> do you like first-round picks? Because we're, we'd have to give up a bunch. Uh, yeah, up to, until to probably about the year 2047. Right, which think. the Rams would probably be – They would be fine with that. Yeah, they kind of need that. But um, – yeah, I, I heard that, and it's certainly a, a provocative comment. Who wouldn't want to have Aaron Donald? I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, he's incredible. Um, Urban might be the only one. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> I, we got to have Donald Aaron. Um, yeah. But uh, but I think that uh, as you look at it. Of the Phoenix Cardinals. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I think uh, I think it's going to be difficult to, to make that happen because, uh, obviously, you're already in a situation where – you don't have a ton of cap flexibility and you'd be trading for a player who's in the middle of a, you know, three year, $95 million deal. Um, you know, so you'd, you'd have to figure out a way and it, it would be a fun project because he's this kind of player. Um, but uh, his cap hit next year is 26 million. So that would be an expensive price to, to bring in, but if if they were somehow able to work it, obviously Aaron Donald would be exactly what they need. Well, the, it 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 
poses a bigger question, and that is when do you go all in with draft picks for stars now? At what point in your in your growth? Is it too early for that is the only question I would ask. I mean, you are one year removed from having the first pick in the draft and for quite and two years removed from having back-to-back first picks in the draft. Have you made enough progress in the one year since then that you go all in with your draft picks? There's a point that there's a point when you do that. And and is is it is it early now? Uh, and maybe not. I mean, if, they were pretty good. This team finished 6-1 and one in their last seven games, so maybe not. If you have Aaron Donald, you beat the Chiefs with an injured Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and, yeah. of course, he may not have been injured, all the things. But I think the Jaguars beat the Chiefs with a better pass rush. I mean, if you forget the cap for a second. I mean, you can't, but, but forget the cap circumstance they're in. If you had cap room everywhere, if you had cap room, is this a year you would give up? Two ones and two twos for Aaron Donald? I don't know that it would be that, um, but to your point. It'd be two ones. Yeah, I would say it'd be a one this year and a one next. He's 32, yeah. so he he's a little. And he's contemplated retirement. Yeah. Correct. Um, so It's you know, still two I, ones. I, I think, I think what, where Trent Baalke needs to be with this is kind of where Howie Roseman has been, which mm-hmm. is keep your draft picks unless you just get the – the bargain of all bargains. I mean, you look at what the Eagles gave up to acquire some of the veterans that they brought in. There was not a lot of substantial draft capital and they just were shrewd. They just, they kind of, you know, got players at the right time, bought at the right time. I mean, if, if, if Howie Roseman was in real estate, he'd be a Baron because uh, they have done a great job of, you know, giving up third round picks, fifth round picks for really established good players that have been crucial to their success this season. Uh, So I I think it's that if you're Trent Baalke, if the Rams were to call you and say, we're looking to move Aaron Donald and we'll do it for, uh, you know, two ones uh, and maybe they throw you back a, a three you know, something like that. I, uh, you know, that's, that's steep, but I think you, you'd certainly have to listen to it if you could afford it. Because again, you're talking about one of the greatest defensive tackles that the game has ever known. So this isn't, this isn't somebody that, you know, you, well, hopefully he'll be good. I mean, right. he is a dominant, dominant player and it would be fun to see what, you know, Josh Allen and Trayvon right. Walker could be on the edge with, Aaron Donald inside and how much that would help uh, everybody else. What about other stars? DeAndre Hopkins, his name's been out there. I see. I don't think they need receiver as much as a lot of people. I, well, I don't have a problem drafting a receiver that I would like well, to see happen, but um, like with one of the first three picks, but I don't, I don't get the uh, Hopkins yeah. is a sensational player, but he doesn't run by people. He's a very good player and he's got two gears, but he's not, He's not a speed guy, you know. So, so, and that—that's the one thing they probably don't have—is the guy that runs by everybody, right? Right. So, so, so interesting. But I, but I wonder—is there? I still think it's a year early to probably start mortgaging picks. But if you show the kind of growth next year, and all of a sudden, after being nine and eight and winning the division on the last day and finishing strong, you're thirteen and four, and you've got the division clinched on December tenth. Well then, you do. Then, no matter how it ends, then you're all in after that, right? Uh, and and the other thing too that that the Jaguars could elect to do is, uh, you know, don't do it. Hold on to your picks unless you just get 
dazzled by some, you know, offer, hold on to your picks in, in this cycle. Uh, but if you get to the deadline next year and you are six and two, let's say, uh, why not go all in on that 2024 first round pick if, or second round pick, if it can bring you in somebody that can be the player that pushes you over the edge. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a, you know, that's one where that'd be the earliest, I think, if, in, again, unless you're talking about just basically stealing a superstar, I think that's the, the first, the first timeline where I think the Jaguars could be fairly aggressive with their picks. But I, I would say for now, keep building your nucleus. You know, I mean, they've got a really good amount of, of depth on this team. Again, I, I went 24 deep on players that I feel pretty confident with. Uh, so that speaks to the level of depth that they have. And so, you know, take another year and, and bring in these uh, another draft class and continue to fortify that because they are going to get to a point where they're going to have to start saying goodbye to some of these guys as Trevor gets to the point, you know, a year from now, you're going to be able to, you know, redo Trevor's contract, which would make sense to do because it's only going to be more expensive the longer they wait. So, you know, it, it feels like they need to kind of have five or six more guys come in on rookie deals that will be very inexpensive to help them get through uh, what will probably be a, a purge this time next year. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see the way. What about Deron Payne? Oh, I'd love him. I, I, I think he comes at a spot. Well, I mean, obviously, Aaron Donald is the is the ultimate. But inside. assuming you can't move Donald. I think Deron Payne is tough. I'll, that first game, they couldn't block him, mm -hmm. either one of those guys. I think he's tough, physical, nasty. Um, I, I think Devon Hamilton played really well to have those two guys in there together. Roy Robertson Harris, he's expensive if you keep him. He had a really good year for them. I thought he was better than Fadakasi. But boy, I'd love Deron Payne. I, I again I don't know what the what the the numbers would be, but I think again, we just watched the Eagles. The Eagles might win the Super Bowl uh because they're better at the line of scrimmage than you are. That that's it. I, I mean, listen, Jalen Hurts had a wonderful season. Miles Sanders, who most people hadn't heard of before, had a wonderful season. Uh, the only real star to that offense before before him, Dallas Goddard's a good player, but the star is is AJ Brown. Um, defensively, I mean they they won because of the line of scrimmage. They, they're we're one game from a championship because of how they played the line of scrimmage. So Deron Payne would make you really good. Let's take a break. We're, I'm going to get to some basketball. The Keontae Johnson story was a good one. I got a thought or two about college hoops. That's next day with us. It's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. Welcome back to The Frangie Show on a Monday. We like to be generous around here, so we've got a pair of tickets for you to go see. The Florida Gators play host to the second-ranked Tennessee Volunteers that game Tips off Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Be caller number four right now at 641-1010. Caller number four. You will win the pair of tickets to go see Florida try and upset Tennessee. Florida was not able to upset fifth-ranked Kansas State Saturday night in Manhattan, Frank. Yeah, but didn't you think the uh, the Keontae Johnson thing was really good? I mean, I mean, I thought – were you watching Hayes? 
Uh, yes. He, uh, but I left it after Florida uh, Way down. didn't show up, basically, yeah. for the yeah. game. So, I, so I about didn't five minutes in? Yeah. yeah. How about you? <laughs> yes, I watched every second of it and uh, loved following you? Keontae on social media after that, getting to see the – we didn't get to see it live, the handshake line after the game, because they, of course, are double booking and triple right. booking their right. basketball games. But – you could tell the joy Keontae had, too. I, I kind of expected him to be more emotional. I was glad that it was nothing but yeah. smiles and laughter, and, and he played really well, as, as I expected him to. And, yeah, it was, a, it was a great night if you're in the Keontae Johnson camp. It was more than just a guy who saw his old teammates and his old coach, old trainer, not old coach. It was more than that. It was, it was because of what happened, because – of how much time he spent with all those guys after it happened. He was a volunteer coach for two years. And and because of all that, because he had a senior day there that was even though he didn't get to play, the emotion of it all was really, really cool. Chris Chris Harry had had tweeted about how he got his Keontae hug and then they showed it. Did you see mm-hmm. it? then they showed it. So it was a it was really it was I'm telling you, it was a it was a it was a special a special time for them. And I'm glad and I hope that goes on. The Florida basketball team again. It, it, those we knew that four game stretch was going to be tough. Then I don't think they're going to win any of those games. I told you guys that. I may be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Alabama was crushed over yeah. the weekend. That gives me a little hope. How, it, how about that? How about Oklahoma next to last in the Big Twelve, putting ninety three to sixty nine on top five Alabama? Wow, crazy. That was crazy. So, but uh, I'm going to give you my ten ten take. It's brought to you by Batteries Plus. Power it, light it, fix it. Eight eight Jacksonville area locations. Um. There's no doubt anymore what Todd Golden needs to do, and it's what everybody else needs to do, but really with him. The game, and I said this last week, and it might have even been the 10-10 ten take, ten, ten take last week, but I'm going to say it again whether it was or not. It is very, 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 very clear, more than ever, more than at any point, any time, any way, it is abundantly, abundantly clear that you cannot win in college basketball without shooters and you're thinking well duh frank you shoot the basketball of course but no it's not that simple inside scores don't matter anymore they matter but they don't rebounding and defense and sharing the ball and toughness always is going to matter i'm not i'm not ever going to tell you that stuff doesn't matter of course it matters but if you can't shoot it you have no chance and todd golden they're not very good this year they're going to get to the nit i would think hopefully win a game or two in the NIT, maybe have a home game. But, I mean, it, it, I don't think anybody thinks they're going to the tournament this year. This is, one of the few, this is one of the few years we've sat here on January 30th with not many people expecting them to be in the NCAA tournament. When's the last time we've gotten to January 30th and, and the narrative among many, not everybody, but the narrative among most was they're probably not in the tournament. When's the last time in, in January we felt that way? For Florida? Because even last it year, it feels like they've had some battles. I I felt like last year, it every Mike White was there seven years. They were a tournament team five of those years. I felt like the other two years, and, and I'm I'm counting the COVID year, which they would have been in. I'm counting the two years that they missed it. We held out hope till the very end that they were getting in. Last year they were nine and nine in the league. So I felt like the two years they missed it, we held out hope to the very end. Am I, am I remembering that? Revisionist, or is that? No, I think it was close. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I think the last time was Billy's last year when they weren't very good, because uh, all those guys, uh, Patrick and Yeget and Prather, they all left at the same time. So, so at that point, Wilbekin, you knew they weren't going to be good that year. 
but I can't remember the last time before other than that that we're in January and most you know they can shock everybody, but the narrative is that they're not in. Okay, so that and I and I can't remember the last time that was the narrative. I think and look, these guys aren't going to be better shooters next year. Will Richard can get hot sometimes. Mm-hmm. Kwesi Reeves can get hot sometimes. They're the two guys that at times can get hot. Kugel sometimes. Kugel, Kugel is just a freshman. But they're not good. They're not a very good shooting team. We all know that now. He's mitigated it. Like you said last week, Hayes, he's figured out the only way to really win is to be good defensively. So give him credit. He's made them good because that is something you can't affect with coaching. I like how he coaches. I think they get open shots. They don't look, they're not all clumped up together. They, I think the offense tends to work. I, I like, I like how they play. Uh, they seem to be in a rhythm. They get open shots. They're just not very good at making those. That's not coaching. I, at least, at least that's my early on. So I think he's going to be okay. But I would go out in the portal, and I would find the best shooters in America that are in that portal. I don't care who they are. I don't care how tall they are. I don't care how they defend. I would find two or three guys that can absolutely make shots. And and because I don't think there's any chance Florida bounces back out of this this mediocre abyss they're in without starting to make shots. They're they're an abysmally bad shooting team. They'll make a few here and there, but they're an abysmally bad shooting team. They went out and got Kyle Lofton because he was a thirty six points a game thirty six minutes a game guy for St. Bonaventure, looked like a veteran guy. He's had no impact on the season. The biggest disappointment to me is that Kyle Lofton has done really not. He's okay, but he's not impacted them. Good point guards impact you. Same with you about Andrew Nebhardt. He he impacted that team. He got him to two tournaments. That's why. So uh, look at K State's Marquise Noel. Boy, what a good player he is! I never heard. I of hope him. Todd Golden was talking to him after the game. Yeah, really. Yeah, can you come <laughs> with us? But you got got to find shooting, or you're dead in the water. They're uh, putrid right now, and it. Uh, Florida is 276th in the country. Is that bad? Shooting three <laughs> at 32.3%. 276. 276. Yeah. 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 Uh, it, it's amazing they've won as many games as they've and, won, and, frankly. And, I, and, I, and I'm not trying to just defend the coach, but that's not bad coaching. You're not, you're not a bad coach because your guys can't make shots. You're maybe a bad recruiter that you didn't find guys that can make shots, and he got there late. You know, remember, he had just – he got there right before we went to the spring game last year. Remember, we had him on for the spring. He just, so he got there late in the, after the did. I think they well, announced. He was in the tournament. Yeah, he, he, correct. He was, right. In fact, I think they announced that we were at strings. Were we at strings? Yeah, because we had Roxy Bernstein on, who, mm-hmm. who, who's buddies with him. Right? So, uh, and I remember we were at strings and we had Roxy on. So, but, but the bottom line is you've got to find shooting or you have no chance. Yeah, to Hayes' point, I saw Chris Harry had the stat. This was the ninth game that Florida has shot under 27% from three. The ninth game, not second or third. That's how bad they are from the three-point line. And none of them are good shooters. Like I said, Kawashi Reeves can get hot. Um, Richard can get hot. That's about it. You know, um, early on it looked like the little guy bottom would be a good shooter until he started playing big, fast defenders. Then he disappeared. You know, like you said, Kugel makes one every now and then. He's going to be more of a slasher. He's a good player. But he's going to be more of a slasher than he ever is going to be a, a shooter. Um They've got to go find shooting. I, I think their only chance is to go find shooting. And I think that's more the portal than recruiting. Yeah. Well, both. But recruiting, the great ones are going to Kentucky and Duke and North Carolina and blah, blah, blah. So portal, but you, but you, but I don't, I don't, and, and that, and that's what's going to define him. It looks like he, they, don't they look relatively well coached to you? They do to me. 
he's a good coach, yeah. and they are well coached. The fact that this is an offensive-minded coach that is now producing a top 15 in the nation defense uh, because it's all they've got speaks to Todd Golden and his ability to coach. Uh, now, you bring up fair points about you know the guys that he did bring in uh, you know, are not working out offensively. So maybe whatever they're doing to identify or uh, develop, they need to, to change that. But, yeah, I give Todd Golden credit because if they weren't playing defense right now, it would be ghastly right. uh, what their record would be. The only chance that they're giving themselves is that they have become a very uh, efficient defensive team. But it, it's just – it's awful. I mean, even – even just the regular shooting, they're 236th. Yeah. And that's just not you, – you can't do anything if it's going to be that bad. If you're that bad shooting the ball, it's a fatal flaw of all fatal flaws. Well, and, and, and Right, and let's be honest. Myron Jones has become one of their best players. Well, if Myron Jones is one of your best players, your team's not very good. And that, that's, that's just how it is. I mean, he's not, he's, he's not a very good player. I mean, I know he was at Penn State. He had a good year at Penn State, and they thought he'd come here and make a lot of threes. But he's just not – I mean, he's, he's one of their – next to Castleton right now, he's probably their best player. If, if he's your best player – I think what they've learned, I would hope, between these last two years, the last year of Mike White and the first year of Todd Golden, is stop taking, quote, star players from – Awful teams Correct. or awful leagues. 100%. You know, 200%. You know, you need to start taking guys that – A really good point. And, and I get it. That, that's going to narrow your pool. But, I, yeah, I think they're finding out that it's a, it's a different level at the SEC. Yeah, it certainly is. But I think Myron Jones was supposed to be the shooter that you're talking about, Frank. He was the, the excellent three-point shooter at Penn State. So that's why he – that's why Mike White recruited him to Florida – and then he shows up and he can't make anything. Yeah, and, and you know, to your point, Hayes made a really good point. You got me thinking about it. In the last two years, they've taken guys from St. Bonaventure, VMI, Belmont, Charleston Southern, Louisiana Tech, Cleveland State. Well, that, there's a reason those guys signed there. That, right. that doesn't mean you're not going to find a diamond in the rough once in a while, but for the most part, there's a reason that's where those guys went. There's, and, and frankly, there's a reason Alex Fudge was on the bench at LSU. You know, so you've got to go out there and find guys that can shoot. So, so I, I hope they can get that fixed. What we don't know, what we have no idea about, is Todd Golden, the recruiter. Billy Napier, the recruiter, I, I'll, I'll stand by it. They just got a, a five-star linebacker to go with their five-star quarterback, to go with their five – I mean – It's the best aspect of the program right now. So I don't worry that Billy Napier is going to bring in good players. Uh, even this year, the, the, the supposedly disappointing recruiting year, they were 10th or 12th. I, I don't – my guess is that's about as low as they'll be. Uh, they're going to have a good roster. It may take two or three years, and you may have to stomach some six and seven win seasons until – but they're going to have a good roster. I don't know Todd Golden as a recruiter. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know what the reputation is. With Napier, you know – There is reputation. none. Yeah, because yeah, he had none of very long. So, But if he can get good players, I think they'll be well coached. If not, they'll be ordinary. And, again, uh, players, I, I can't say it enough. The SEC is a, is got Kentucky and 13 ordinary programs. And if they happen to get the right coach, like Rick Barnes or Billy Donovan or Nate Oates, well, then they get good. And then when the good coach goes away, they're ordinary again. And whether, you, whether people like it or not, I'll say it again, Villanova is a better basketball program than Florida. 
Butler is a better basketball program. Gonzaga is a better basketball program. You don't have to like it. You can be mad at me for saying it, but those are better programs. Basketball means more. There's a bigger pool of players to come from there. Um, the uh, Georgia and Florida and Alabama and Auburn are not as good a not as good a basketball program. Tennessee is is schools in the East. That's just how it is. And so hopefully this guy can recruit well. But again, I'm holding out hope because I like how they play. I, I just I like how they play with players who aren't very good. I think that's the that's the thesis statement, isn't it, about the Florida basketball? By the way, Tyree Appleby averaging almost 18 points a game. He's killing at it. Wake Forest. He's killing it at Wake Forest. So if you still had Keontae Johnson and Tyree Appleby, yeah. you'd be a little bit what, better. And Wake Forest pretty good, aren't they? Wake Forest is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Tyree Appleby. And again, I've always, I was always a defender of Mike White, but he's way better under the Wake Forest coach than he ever was under Mike White. And so, uh, so I mean, I got to be fair about this too. You know, he uh, Tyree Appleby's become a really good player, and Florida has nobody that can shoot it like him. Nobody that can shoot it like him. I didn't realize 18 points, huh? Wow. How about that? Interesting stuff. Take a break. When we come back, back to football one hour to go. This is 1010XL 92.5 FM. It's a Best Bet Monday on the Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. Hey, one hour to go. Carlion is here. Lauren Brooks is here. Dylan Denmark filling in for Gibby. Gibby will be here tomorrow with food. He was the loser on Loser Monday. Gene Hackman is 93 today. How about that? I saw his name was turning. I didn't know why. Yeah. Wow. What I'm going to need from you, Hayes Carlion, movie guy Mm -hmm. from the Moss Pit. Yep. Your favorite five Hackman movies. Top of your head, please. Hoosiers. Uh, I mean, Norman Dale, he's fantastic in that. Um, That's a hard role to play. He's fantastic. Because uh, he has to straddle the line of being hard discipline, but you have to sort of you cer- certainly like him. Right. Uh, and and he, he does a very good job with that. Uh, so uh, one's a cameo. He's, I think, brilliantly funny. And young Frankenstein is the hermit. Hilarious. Uh, who He's the hilarious. Who stumbles upon. Right. right. Um, it's, uh, it's about as good a physical comedy. Uh, again, it's one scene, yeah. but it's fantastic if you've never seen it. Um, Gene Hackman, great movies. I, I caught you off guard here. Yeah, I would say, I mean, Unforgiven, he's certainly known for that. He's um, known for French Connection and Unforgiven. Those, those French are, Connection I've never seen, but you're yeah. right. That was his first film, Yeah, right? it was. Yeah, those, those, he, didn't get, he didn't get to do it till he was like, they didn't want him. Do you know that, yeah. Brooks? They didn't did want, he, he was like mid-30s before he ever got a role because they told him he wasn't going to be a good actor. He yeah. just kept fighting for scenes. It's amazing. Uh, so, um, so yeah. So I've never seen French Connection, but that would certainly be up there for Hackman. Um, I, you know, he's. I think he's great as Lex Luthor and the Christopher one of, Reeve. One of, one of my top five. Yeah, Superman my top five. Movies. My top five Hackman right. movies. Superman's five. Yeah, uh, he's just the evil, pompous. Lu- I mean, just Zod. The- my needs are small. <laughs> Australia. Right. It's <laughs> my favorite line in the movie. Yeah. What do you want? My needs are small. Right. Australia. <laughs> Um, and so, uh, so he's, he's had, you know, so many more and, uh, you know, he was, uh, um, good in Royal Tenenbaums. He, he's just, he, you can yeah. ask him to do anything, whether it's Western, whether it's the, being the bad guy, whether it's being funny, whether it's being like the sincere protagonist. Right. I mean, he just, he's about as versatile an actor as, as we've had. And, uh, he's certainly a, a Hollywood icon. You got any favorites? Yeah, for you, me, it would only be Hoosiers. Hoosiers. I'm not sure I've seen any of the other movies y'all have talked about. My top five uh, Hackman movies. Hoosiers 1, No Way Out, which is fan, mm-hmm. 
fantastic. Yeah, Kevin Costner was good. Maybe maybe as good as Costner ever was. Yeah, and Hackman's a bad guy in that. He's a bad guy, but it was a great, great, great movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, for me, the third, the firm is third. Mm-hmm. Okay, the firm when he takes Cruz's wife to the Bahamas or wherever they went. Okay, um, I loved the Poseidon Adventure because I was a little kid when it came out, and I was a young kid. I say little kid. Mm-hmm. I was a kid when it came out. And Superman. So my yeah. my five would be Hoosiers, No Way Out, The Firm. Poseidon Adventure and Superman. Those are that's my five. Yeah, he's best known for French Connection and Unforgiven. Now mm-hmm. you know it's a great movie. Mississippi Burning was a great movie. Yes, a great movie. Yeah, so, I liked him in uh, again. This is a smaller role. It probably you could say it. I don't know about cameo, yeah. but it's a yeah. smaller role. And Wyatt Earp, the Kevin Costner Wyatt Earp, he plays Wyatt's dad. Okay, I didn't know that. I don't, and, didn't know that. And he's he does a fantastic job because Wyatt Earp was sort of lost and yeah. is first wife had passed away and he sort of allowed himself to sort of decline and, and Hackman has to sort of get him out of a, a, a tight legal predicament. And, yeah. and anyway, he does a magnificent job of, you know, sort of being a, a good dad. Yeah. I, uh, Bonnie and Clyde is high on a list that I found as far as his best movie. Y- yeah. The, uh, did you, have you ever seen no way out the movie? No way out. Mm-mm. It is tremendous. I mean, it, it is. We agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, it, it is, it's my favorite non-sports movie ever is A Few Good Men. I've told you guys that many times. No Way Out, probably not a top five non-sports movie for me, but it is really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, the storylines and I mean, it's did you? I mean, I don't want to ruin it for people that didn't see it, even though it was forty years old. <laughs> came it out came out in eighty seven. Okay, okay. The uh, it's so good. Did you have? Did you have it figured out? I'm not no, gonna. And, and I will I, say this: I did not. I had talked to people that had to figure it out. No, you didn't. You I saw out. that. Well, I've never been able to figure out a movie, so I can empirically Same. answer no to that. Same. Really? Um, yeah, with as I, many movies as y'all watch, okay. I'm not good at like figuring out. I'm not either. My wife, right. my wife is good. She yeah. always okay. does it. Um, but uh, but I, I've it's been so long since I saw that. I I saw it when I was probably like 13. Yeah. It would, HBO would play yeah, it. Yeah. Um. So it. Uh. So I. Um. And I don't know that I've seen it probably in the last like 25 yeah. years. So yeah. it'd be good to go back and yeah. watch. See, see, my wife, my wife can figure all of them out. I can't figure anything out. I mean, we'll be 10 minutes into a TV show. She'll say, here's what happened. The neighbor slept with a stepdad, and the stepdad's mailman is the one that shot the neighbor's kid. And I'll go, how do you know that? And sure enough, that's what will happen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she she always she has this way of figuring out what happened in the movie. I'm, I Oh, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be damned. Maybe it's people who read the book. Well, maybe, maybe she knew ahead of, but she really does. My trick now is whenever I'm watching any sort of mystery, whether it's a movie or a TV show, I just say they all did it. Yeah, they did. Like at varying yeah. points, I'll be like, "I think that's the killer." Yeah. Well, well. And then by the time you get to the end of it, I will have hit him all at some point, and I'll be able to say, yeah. "See, I figured it well, out." Well, what you need to do is watch Dateline. You watch Dateline? I uh, I do not because it's always the husband. Oh, it's, okay. the, it's, 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 the, it's the guy. It's the, I mean, turn on Dateline five minutes in. Is that the one Keith Morrison's on, or is that the one on? The, what's Keith Morrison on? I'm not because sure. my wife loves Keith Morrison. Maybe that's maybe that's that. But movie. they say like they all, they all, the all those What's, crimes are almost always like yeah. It's always like the spouse. Yeah, it's the, yeah it's like eighty percent of yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so whatever one Keith Morrison's on, that's one. He's on Dateline. He's on Dateline. So there you go. There's that. He's Canadian. <laughs> yes, he is. As a matter of fact, thanks for clearing that Don't up. Don't take your wife to Canada. Oh no, I won't. No, I can't. I'm going to keep her away from Keith Morrison. If you had to reenact. You know, sometimes in the summer we do like fun things around yeah. here. If you had to uh, reenact like a scene from Hoosiers of yeah. any of them, yeah. what top of the, t- off the top of your head, which scene would you want to reenact? Uh, uh, Jimmy walking in mm-hmm. with the basketball, handing the basketball to Ollie. Yeah, walking up there. Um, 
and when he gets voted out and, mm-hmm. and they guy they go, It's because of him. Right. And Jimmy walks up and Jimmy goes, I got something to say. Jimmy, come up, say it. And he goes, I figure it's about time I start playing and he goes, Might not make no change. Mm-hmm. But I think it's about figure it's about time I start playing ball. Yeah, it's because of him. He goes, I play, coach stays. He goes, I go. The look on everybody's face in there. And the other guy goes, I th- and the, the mom goes, yeah. I think we need a revote. <laughs> that's, that's my favorite so scene. Good. That's my that's my scene. What's yours? That's that's certainly that, that's there. my favorite scene. Yeah. I mean I can, I, I'd like I can only way... recite every scene in the movie. Yeah. Yep. But, I like the way he talks to the officials and things like yeah, that. Oh, I like yeah, when he it. deliberately gets thrown Throw out. Me of out. The game. Throw me out of the game. Yeah. What? Throw me out. Throw me out of the game or I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, the, the, I did it again. I did <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right, back to football for a second. Uh if you're joining us now in the five o'clock hour, we talked a great deal early on about uh, a fantastic day of football yesterday. Uh hated what happened with Brock Purdy. We saw the toughness and physicality of that Eagles team. And really, I thought a game for the ages last night. I thought so. When you walked away from that game, we talked about this at the top. We talked about officiating. Obviously, um, people think that Kansas City or the, the Bengals got a raw deal. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. The stop, the, the do over was bad. But you know now why it happened because the back judge noticed that the clock wasn't running, and so that's why it if happened. If it's a Chiefs touchdown, the same thing happens. Correct. That's why I don't yeah. know how. That's right. A Cincinnati anybody could be like. Well, what, Once you saw what happened, yeah, correct. I mean, if if that's a sixty-yard touchdown yeah. pass, it's not going to count. And 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 by the way, what do you think if Osai doesn't hit him late? He, and they had to throw the flag. It was a late hit, right? But if Osai doesn't hit him late, Hail Mary is eight seconds left, and you're on the forty-two. So they're not kicking it. Yeah, no, no, you can't. Yeah, he so, didn't and, have the range. And there's not a timeout left. Cold. You probably can't. They're not giving you the sideline, so you're not going to be able to complete a ten-yarder on the sideline, right? So so what, what do you, I mean? It had they had to call the hail mary, right? I would think. But is he healthy enough to be able to throw that? Would be my question. Because what you don't want yeah. is obviously a guy who can't quite get the ball as far as he normally yeah, can. Good point. Good point. And then they ended up, you know, the Bengals somehow, some way, take it all the way back. Yeah, he probably he probably he could throw it. it. There. He probably could have got it there, but 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 you're probably not hitting it. Right. So the point Figure is, figure he could throw the ball seventy yards yeah. in the air. So, so the, yeah. his his release point yeah. from there is probably midfield. Yeah, getting the first down by Mahomes was an amazing play. But it probably without the late hit, it probably doesn't affect the game either way, because whether he gets the first down or not, if they punt it away, the Bengals aren't scoring either. So, so the the game was probably headed to overtime, without question, without the late hit. And the thing is, as, as Prisco pointed out on Twitter, there was holding on that play, so it yeah. should have probably been offsetting penalties. And then yes, either way, then you're headed to overtime. Yeah, I never complain about a holding that doesn't get called. Because I think there's probably tons of them over the course of a game in passing situations that don't get called. I, I think I, I at that point, for me, you're going to have to pick the guy up and slam him to the ground for me to call the hole. I saw Pete's tweet, too, so I don't think – I don't know about that. So, so if it's headed to overtime, is Mahomes then healthy enough to be able to withstand more who, football? Who wins the overtime game? Cincinnati. I think they did, too. Who do you think? I think the Chiefs win it just yeah. because they seemed to ha- it seemed to be yeah. their night. The, yeah. the chip on their shoulder that they had used all week with Burrowhead and, and Burrow smoking the cigar in their own locker room, all that stuff. I picked Kansas City for all of those reasons, mm-hmm. but that's before the receivers started dropping the way they were. Before I think if it goes to overtime, the Bengals probably win. We don't know, by the way. There's no way to know, but I, I would think. I th- my guess is the Bengals. I thought were playing better. Uh, than I thought the Chiefs were down the stretch. I thought I thought they were. Um, by the way, the two biggest plays of the game of the weekend of the day, 
The big play that nobody's talking about now because the game turned into a blowout was Josh Johnson dropping the snap and Philadelphia recovered. It was 14-7 late in the half. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you do, even if you don't score, if you don't drop the snap that's right to you, you get to the half 14-7 and you got the ball. So, again, it might not have mattered. If the quarterback gets hurt, you're down without a quarterback. You know, nobody talked about that play. And the other play, the ball just slipped out of Mahomes' hand. Right. It looked like they were about to about to, to pull up to, to get it to two two possessions. You get to two possessions, I'm not sure Cincinnati was coming back. I, that was a gigantic – what in the world? Ball just slipped out of his hand. So bizarre. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it was a – really, the, the NFC game was really odd in everything that happened mm-hmm. with that. Uh, how often do you see a punt hit the wire and the officials basically be like, what, what wire? We can't <laughs> confirm that there's a wire yeah. or that it hit it. Um, and, uh, and the AFC game with the injuries and, and uh, again, I, I, think the, I, think, I think the officials are getting unfairly criticized for the AFC game. I think it's just it hasn't been a great year for officials in the NFL. So I think there's a little bit of a pile-on going on because again if Mahomes throws a touchdown on that play it's not going to count mm-hmm. I mean it's not like they would have said oh well the Chiefs scored so let's just pretend that the back judge didn't come right. in and, and blow the whistle it's a uh, do-over for everyone right yeah. and yeah. and even on the grounding you know people were upset on the grounding but he's clearly grounding the grounding right? was grounding yeah. yeah I mean he threw it Agreed. directly into the ground the fact that P Ryan was like six yards you know from the play that's not enough I mean you can see on that there's a little bit on that call of, I know it when I see it. And on that, that was clearly Burrow saying, giving up on the play and just yep. throwing the ball down. Uh, so the fact that P. Ryan was somewhat, I would say, in the vicinity wasn't enough to save him on that. By the way, quick update on Brock Purdy. He suffered a complete tear of the UCL in his throwing elbow, but the hope is that he can undergo a repair and not Tom, not have Tommy John, and then he would be ready for training camp. Yeah, some, by the way, and somebody, thank you for this. Um, Richard, Richard, thank you for this. I want to fire the tweet he sent me. To, to that end, Lauren, to what you just said. Richard, hope I can find your tweet. I'm glad that Brock Purdy will be healthy to back up Tommy John. <laughs> uh, Ri- Richard sent me this earlier in the show. Richard, if you're still listening, thank you. This was the tweet. Likely the other end of the UCL, not Tommy John surgery. He said, I fractured a thumb and tore UCL playing flag football back in the day, and they had to reattach the ligament to thumb bones, not in the elbow like Tommy John. So maybe that's maybe it's similar. So, Richard, maybe. thank you for that. And that is good. That it, that it, Regardless of who's playing quarterback in San Francisco, Brock Purdy I, certainly seems to have a good, bright future. He certainly I, – I, I think that's probably what I was most disappointed about mm-hmm. is I've heard so much about him, but I haven't locked into a 49ers game I, at all. And um, – and, at all, and then all of a sudden, I'm gonna. I mean, I was yesterday. It was it was locked in, man. Get honeydews are out of the way. Walk the dog out of the way. All the stuff was out of the way. Locked in to watch. Probably you too. Probably you guys are the same way, right? Yeah, we mm-hmm. were bouncing around a little bit. Yeah. Sheen and the kids and I went to my mom's uh, yeah. house, so we were driving a little bit, but we kept up with it as but, best but, we could. But I mean, at three o'clock, it was it was locked in. You know, I didn't move. Yeah, yeah same. And, it, and but then next thing you know, Purdy's out. I, yeah. I mean. I was probably as excited about watching him because I'd heard so much about him. I haven't watched him. I've seen the highlights, but I haven't watched the game. You haven't watched the game. Yeah, we did know. get cheated out of the NFC game. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And that, and that was sure. a shame. That would have been a lot of fun. So, all right, let's take a break. More in a moment. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM.
It's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. Kellen Moore to the Chargers. Surprise you? Surprise you? They fired him. It does. I I think Dallas is going to regret that. I think he's a he's a good coordinator, and I think it's outstanding news for Justin Herbert. So uh, it's not getting Sean Payton as your new coach because that would have been I think the the dream scenario for the Chargers. But I do think it's a good hire by Brandon Staley. Yeah, I said on the show either last week or the week before, well, it looks like the Cowboys are going to keep both Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore. And then all of a sudden last night, I guess they're calling it mutually parted ways. But I think, yeah, Kellen Moore was starting to get some interest. And so I think it's a good move for him. I'd rather work with Justin Herbert than Dak Prescott. Yeah, so would I. Good point. Um, Apparently, the the rub there, the story there, is Jerry Jones really likes McCarthy. Okay. I think really, I think personally really likes him. He's a handpicked guy, kind of guy he always wanted to have and now has. But there's a disconnect between Mike and the team. And so I think McCarthy going back to call the plays is to reconnect himself to those guys. Don't you sense that? Because he's going to call plays now. I mean, he, I mean, Kel, I think Kellen Moore's a pretty good play caller. I, so, and I think Kellen Moore's going to be a head coach in the league. I'm surprised when, when all, that, all that, that rush of hiring these young offensive coordinator guys – uh, happened. Um, I'm surprised he didn't. You know, I'm, it surprised me a little bit that that he didn't get caught up in that. So you know that he, he was in play in Tampa. Jim Bob Cooter's in play in Tampa. Todd Munkin's in play in Tampa. I think Todd Munkin needs to take that job, yeah. Hayes. Yeah. Well, and I can tell you, that's who I would hire. <laughs> yeah, that, he's excellent. I mean, look at what he did with Stetson Bennett. Well, and I have not talked to Monk. I know Monk pretty well. And I have not. You should put a bug in his ear. <laughs> well, I'm going to text him. I, we haven't talked since since all of it. We talked between last year. We haven't talked since they won this year. Okay. We, we talked after they won last year. Um, but I think he's an NFL guy. I think Monk's I an agree. NFL guy. Totally <laughs> concur. But but I really do think he's an NFL guy. I mean, I really I really think he's an NFL guy. He's done a brilliant job. He in, really in has. really and, has. And, yeah, really it, has. it feels like it's a good time. You know, to, I mean. It's got nowhere to go but down. Right. Uh, so, I mean, and, and it's not a knock against any of the, the quarterbacks that, that George has coming back. But, yeah, if you're Todd Munkin and the NFL is kind of where you'd ideally like to be, you're never going to be hotter than you are right now. So why wouldn't you go yeah. if, if you get the opportunity to? I, I think I told – I know I told you a story. I think I told the story on the air. Um, probably won't be the first one to retell. <laughs> but I, I'm talking to Todd on the phone – when he interviewed here for the coordinator job, right? In fact, in fact, I'm heading on Southside Boulevard after the show, headed toward Beach Boulevard. He getting on beach on the phone, and he had interviewed. Do you remember this? He interviewed for the Jets head coaching job the day before interviewing with Marone here for the coordinator job. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And um, and so I talked to us. Had he? Ah, yes. I don't he said Doug said it. Talk about Doug Marone. He said Doug said it went well, but. I didn't think I did a great job because I I I had interviewed for the Jets head job the day before and I was rushed and I wasn't as prepared as I would have been if it was the only interview. I said, "Oh, you probably did fine." He said, "No." I said, I, "He said, I will see. We'll see what happens." But I don't know. I don't know that I did a great job. So I'm driving home. So he goes, "I said, what are you gonna do?" He said, "Well, probably the Browns." Isn't that when he landed on the Browns? Isn't that where, I think so. I think that's when he landed with the Browns. I think it was. Anyway, point of the story. He goes, 
I think he went to the I think he went to the Browns. I think this year he went to the Browns. But anyway, he goes, you know, Kirby called me and is dying to get me to go to college. I said, really? Do you want to go back to college? He said, I don't know. He said, Kirby's a friend. We've been friends a long time, and he's he's dying to get me to come back there. And uh, and I said, okay. And I said, well, remember he had been he had been a coordinator at Oklahoma State, head coach at Southern Miss, and didn't like it. Do you remember that he just mm-hmm. he did not like being the head coach at Southern Miss because he left being the head coach at Southern Miss for a coordinator job. Correct, in which the NFL. almost never happened. That's right, because he just did he just didn't like right. it. So so I so I'm. Driving, and he goes. Uh, he said, "He said, yeah, Kirby." I said, "I didn't know you knew Kirby." He said, "Oh yeah, yeah we we go way back." And he's really trying to get me to do it. He said, "But I don't think so. I th- I'm gonna. I think I'm. Gonna, and I think that's when he went to the Browns. I'm pretty. Isn't that when he went? He was to with the Browns? the Browns in 2019 after yeah. being with the Bucks as the OC. Okay, that's what it was. So that that's when he went from the that's then he. But I'm telling you, he interviewed here for the coordinator, and the Jets for the head job, and then landed with the Browns. Okay, after leaving the Bucks. So so he said. So anyway, so um, he goes on. Coaches the Browns. Year later, he's at Georgia, and uh, and I texted him. I said, "Well, I guess Kirby got his man." He laughed, laughed response. Guess he did, you know. So I knew a year before that Kirby was Kirby really wanted him, like really like the, he was the guy that Kirby had pursued, but he went to the Browns instead. So, but I know him. I just think that he's more NFL guy. I just think he's NFL guy. Some guys are NFL guy. And I th- and I think Todd is I really do, yeah. And hopefully he uh, becomes an NFL guy because <laughs> the only thing that we've talked about is gonna slow Georgia down is uh, the you know the offensive staff changing, and can Kirby Smart keep hiring the right guy? Obviously he made an outstanding hire in, in Todd Munkin and de- deserves a ton of credit for that, and, and could easily hire somebody his equal. And Georgia may not miss a beat at all but the only thing that's going to start to interrupt Georgia's remarkable success is staff turnover particularly on the side of the ball that is not Kirby Smart's specialty right I I think Todd Munkin has done I mean wonders because Georgia hasn't had the plethora of wide receivers that Alabama has had in order to win these titles and working with a guy in Stetson Bennett who we certainly have talked about his flaws he's got great pros too but he has some flaws and he was able to get the offense to exactly what Bennett needed and, and to be able to use utilize the tight ends obviously do you know Munkin from when he was here with the Jaguars yeah he's in my neighborhood he lived in our neighborhood got it and so uh he, yeah he's a good guy this is good I guess I could tell I think I can tell this story we've laughed about it off air enough times so I hope I'm not being out of out of um color so we had him on the air I hope this is not inappropriate but whatever I was at the, we were doing a show at the best bet and the Jags just drafted Justin Blackman, who he coached for all those years at Oklahoma State. And uh, he comes on the air and he goes, um, <laughs> we're talking. He goes, uh, um, uh, hey, Frank, he's great, blah, blah, hard worker. He says, you can MF him and he doesn't matter. He just keeps playing hard. He, <laughs> he just makes him even tougher. So I go to break. I call him and said, no, don't say MF on the show. He goes, well, I didn't say blah, blah, blah. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah. So I guess it's okay because I just retold the story. <laughs> but I'll never forget that. I'll, I mean, that was on the air. I'll never forget that. Right. So he's, he's a, did you ever know Monk? Uh-uh. Really good guy. I didn't Re- cover the job. Real down-to-earth, real regular, really good guy. Really good guy down-to-earth. And I agree. I think he needs to go and uh, and needs to move on to the uh, to the Bucks. Um, if people haven't been paying attention, he's the Georgia offensive coordinator. We're all Gator fans. Right, that's, that's why right. we're encouraging him right. to take the next step. So what? So now that all these other coaches are getting offers, yeah. what happens with Eric Bieniemy? Because now I see he's being interviewed for a coordinator job. He's already a coordinator, but everyone knows he doesn't call the plays. 
So he was he was supposedly up for some because I think he's a good coach. He was supposedly up for some head jobs, never got one. But now you see he is in play for all these coordinator jobs. So I assume that he and his camp have said, listen, they're not going to hire me from coordinator to head coach because they don't think I call the plays, which I don't. Let me get a coordinator job where I do call the plays, and then I've got a better chance. I, I assume that's what where we are here. I guess, and it's sad because I do think that that's – I think it's a mistake that owners have obviously – held that against him because he's been such a key component yeah. of this whole thing in Kansas City. Yeah. So, I mean, and Andy Reid is gushed about, yeah. you know, his influence and uh and things like that. So, uh but I can see why the enemy is yeah. frustrated and is like, "Look, this is my dream is to be an NFL head coach." Yeah. And it obviously isn't happening even though I'm, you know, technically yeah. the OC on a team that's been elite for the last five years uh, because they think it's all Andy Reid. So I've got to get away from Andy Reid, and I've got to go call plays and then hopefully uh, generate interest in, in an offer to be an NFL head coach. So I, I think it's – I'm sure it's frustrating, and I think it's kind of sad because I just – I'm surprised that there hasn't been an owner that has been able to recognize the valuable – input he's had but yeah I I get it I I will be very interested to see where he ends up and there are other coaches that have not even been coordinators before that have been hired from court directly from quarterbacks coach Kyle Shanahan's one to head yeah, coach that's right so there clearly is something going on with the enemy that NFL owners are not willing to entrust him with the keys to their kingdom have you heard him interviewed no. He's a sharp cat. He's, oh, you he, mean like in a media? Yeah, interview. just in Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Mike Tomlin. I mean, you know how Tomlin has that tough, but but you know the players respect it. Uh, I trust the men. I trust the men in that locker room. That men trust, you know, they trust, you know. You know, you know how Tomlin talks? Mm-hmm. That Just that that firm. It's a very, you know, John Harbaugh is more a laid-back guy. Tomlin's that firm guy, you know, almost like a sergeant, you know, you know how he talks. Well, that's how the enemy sounds. The enemy's, I'm, telling, I'm not saying he's as good a coach as Tomlin. But uh, but that's how he I mean, he, he kind of comes off that way. Do you think it'll be harder for Press Taylor? Not saying it's the same situation as Eric Bieniemy, but Press Taylor obviously offensive coordinator here does not call the plays to get a head coaching job. Yeah, good question. Good, maybe maybe he's uh he prob I would think Press probably needs to get a coordinator job where he calls the plays before he's a head coach. So I think that's the next I think the next step because same thing, and, and and I'm glad you asked it because it's the same comparison. If Press and Press just just got in the game now, right. But if Press doesn't, but I think Press needs to. I think Eric and Press probably both are in the same circumstance. Go be a coordinator where you do call the plays, and so so we'll see what. I happens. think Zach Taylor is he the same as Shanahan, where he was a quarterbacks coach and was immediately hired to become a coach. I think he skipped coordinating too. Is that well, right? Well, Kyle Shanahan was the OC in Atlanta. Yeah, I, I thought he was. I thought okay, yeah, 20, I, the twenty-eight to three game, he was yeah. the coordinator. I want right. to say I, I it must but not been paying as much it. attention. Brandon this, Staley, I don't was he okay, ever? A there were a couple coaches well, that they mentioned. Defensive. But was he ever a defensive coordinator? Yes. Oh, he was. Okay. So, um, okay, he so might Zach be Taylor thinking, was a quarterback coach. I don't think Sirianni coach. was a coordinator. Maybe that's who it is. Yeah. It was Sirianni then and Zach Taylor. It's, it's, it's I knew two of the coaches some, skipped being someone. coordinator. Um, by the way, was, uh, Mike Tomlin is in his 16th year. He's never had a losing season. You realize he's only 50? 50. I, ha- I, I don't know what I was. He's 50. It's incredible. I mean, so he got that job when he was 33. Mm-hmm. That's pretty amazing. I, I guess I didn't realize that's that. That's wild. Uh, one more thing before we go to break and turn it over to Lauren's news and notes. Hey, and I don't know if you heard this or not, 
been in honor of the uh, Empire State Building doing the green. All the, you see all the green lights? Yeah, mm-hmm. that was and Eagles. Well, well yeah, but here, and I know you'll be excited about this. Yeah. I heard just now that the Century Tower in Gainesville uh-huh. is going to go red and black. Oh, good. In, yeah. honor, in honor of the yeah. Georgia Championship. Why not? What were they doing? Yeah, You're in New York. Right. Why would you care? If that's your arch rival. Oh, my goodness. We'll take a break. Lauren's got news and notes after this. What's going on in the world? It's time for Frangie Show News and Notes. Here's Lauren Brooks. All right, gentlemen, we talked a lot about officiating today when it comes to the NFL. But did you see the missed call go against LeBron James and how he acted after? I did see it. Number one, it was a horrendous missed call. It sure was. Jason Tatum clearly swiped his arm. But he must be really, really. It <laughs> sounded like it looked like a two-year-old. God, it sure and, I, did. and I like LeBron. I'm a big LeBron fan. But bro, you can't go down to your knees. <laughs> um, that it was a. It, it's all the talk. It's all the talk. Oh is, sure. Is, I mean, he, did you see it, Hayes? Yeah. And so uh, he got hacked. He got hacked, and uh, you know he's he's still passionate passionate about it. It's yeah. it's surprising yeah. that. Not surprising, but I guess it it speaks to LeBron in a sense because the Lakers are just terrible. I well, mean, they're, I, they're twenty three and twenty seven, and and I think the thing is this isn't Game Seven of the Finals. And here. I and I think I think what's happened to LeBron, my read on that, watching that whole scenario, is he's still great, but the team sucks, and I don't think he saw it end in that way. Usually, his greatness elevated his teams. the 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 Cavs weren't very good without him, but because they had him, they won titles. The The Heat was good, but they weren't great. But with him on, the, when they won a title, it's because they were great. I, he's just not used to showing up. I mean, if he wasn't good anymore, he could probably – he's still really good. Yeah. And at age 38. And he's, and he's probably thinking, at 38, I'm one of the best players in the league. I should be winning. And he all should these, be winning. Yeah, and right. And I, But I think that's what's got him frustrated. That's Absolutely. What, what take on it. I'm stunned the Lakers are so bad. Yeah, they're, they're really bad. Well, Anthony Davis is hurt every other game, and there's yeah. nobody else on the team. You know, there, there's no but still. That's Westbrook killed if, that team, and yeah, yeah but you just, you would think that'd be enough. Yeah, I enjoyed the also post game the image of Patrick Beverly showing the ref the camera, <laughs> he with, the, a camera. with the shot on it, yeah. obviously of, yeah. of LeBron being fouled. That was hilarious. He obviously got teed up, but then yesterday someone was of course using the same type of image yeah. and it was like trying to show the refs that Devontae right. Smith didn't actually catch the right. ball and, and other things that happened in the AFC championship game as well. It was all enjoyable to me. Hayes, despite tension between Rory McIlroy and Patrick Reed, they battled down the stretch in the final round of the Dubai classic McIlroy won. Yeah, it was great to see. And, uh, you know, and, and you're seeing some, some greatness on uh, the PGA tour side uh, because uh, you look at what uh, John Rahm has been doing uh, and then uh, Max Homa is just playing mm-hmm. really strong golf as well. So it's uh, it's it's been a fun start to the year so far, and uh, obviously they're just getting warmed up. But, yeah, great to see uh, golf's hero, Roy McIlroy, outdoor golf's villain, Patrick Reed. I think we're headed for a great golf season. I I get, so I, don't you get the hunch? I, I, get the, I, think, I think we're headed for a, a really fun golf season. Well, Rory's obviously all fired up and everything like that. But, yeah, you know what's going to happen with Max Homa. He'll be playing extraordinarily well. I'll take him in Loser Monday in one of, all, <laughs> one of our golf tournaments. Uh, and then he won't play well. But that is, of course, assuming that I don't wear the hat. If I have to wear the hat, then I'm just out of Loser then Monday. Done, yeah, hey, you know what? i got to respect someone that re- retires from the job. I mean, <laughs> and, retires from that part of the job. And just as a reminder for people who miss it at the top, uh, 
Gibby and I battled down the stretch also last night when it came two points in the AFC NFC Championship Loser Monday contest. Gibby lost by just a point, so he has to bring food tomorrow. But more importantly, that means he and I will square off when it comes to prop bets in the Super Bowl. And I'm already nervous about that. I only got two words for you. The lab. Yeah, we're going to the lab. It's going to be be fun. This is the guarantee that Frank and I can make. Okay. We can make a guarantee that whatever we come up with, it will come down to the final minute. That's exactly right. Absolutely will. I love that. Frank Novak Djokovic won the Australian Open and now has 10 Australian Open titles, seven Wimbledon, three U.S. Open, two French Open, and he's now tied with Rafael Nadal. Yeah, there's a belief that the greatest tennis players of all time are this generation. You know, the old-timers want to say it was Connors or McEnroe or Borg or whoever, but there's a, a roundly held belief now that between Jokovic, Nadal, and Federer, who's really this generation, is the greatest tennis player, greatest men tennis players of all time. It's hard to argue. I mean, the longevity that they've had has been remarkable. It's just, it's, it's, in tennis, there was always the next generation that just was ready to push the current greats out. And with tennis, for whatever reason, yeah. over the last 25, 30 years, that just didn't happen, uh, particularly on the men's side. But uh, yeah, just three uh, incredible players. When it comes to college baseball, we haven't talked much about college baseball yet, but this was in the news. Former Gator All-American JU assistant Brad Wilkerson took a job with the Yankees as the hitting coach, so I would think, Frank, that's a big loss for JU. Yeah, it's two, two or three things about that. Number one, Brad's a great guy and a fantastic coach, and I can tell you, I, talk, I was with the JU people today a little bit. They're all very happy for him because he's a good dude, and he's going to the major league level. Remember, Travis Chapman, a former Bishop Kenny player, is already on that Yankee staff. So that's, uh, that's two guys that, that are tied around here, They're both coaching for the Yankees. So it's a great opportunity for Brad. And you can't when Brian Cashman calls you and says, we're hiring you and we're the New York Yankees, you have no choice but to take it. It's unfortunate timing for JU. Sure. Because, because here's the problem. Baseball starts in a couple weeks. You can't hire anybody. Because to hire, to, you can't go to Rollins or Florida Southern and hire a guy because it's not fair to take a guy off their staff when the season's about to start. So you you really whether it's a volunteer guy or you know what I mean it's just you you Chris Hayes doesn't want to wreck somebody else's staff and right. he, and, and and I can tell you they're very he's very close to Brad he's thrilled for Brad this is an opportunity of a lifetime nobody thinks Brad shouldn't take it but there is a but there but it is bad timing if you're if you're Ju I, I promise you if Brad Brad Wilkerson went to Chris Hayes and said hey coach I'm going to stay because the timing's bad Chris would say no you're not get your ass to, get your ass to Tampa sure. it's the opportunity of a lifetime but Everybody acknowledges it's a tough, t- tough thing from a timing standpoint. Also, speaking of baseball, Darren O'Day retiring after 15 years what in major league. Former Bishop Kenny player, yep. former Florida player. Yep. What a terrific, terrific drop down sidearm guy. And he, what a great, nice sign off by, by him today too. It was really, really, really well. Uh, uh, my friend Bob West uh, was his coach for a long time, and Bob was a wonderful coach and did a great job with him. And our buddy PK, Patrick Cavanaugh, played together on some of those Bishop Kenny teams with Darren. So. Uh, Darren, well-liked by a lot of folks around here. Yeah, we were at the same high school and the same college yeah. for part of that time. After you went to school with him too, didn't you? Me. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Nick Saban needs a new offensive coordinator when it comes to college football. Hayes, what about Dan Mullen? Yeah, it would make all the sense in the world from a football standpoint. It doesn't seem like from reports that Mullen's ready to, to jump back in. But, I mean, you couldn't have a softer landing if you're Dan Mullen. You go be Saban's offensive coordinator for a year or two. You win a bunch of games, and then you become the head coach at NC State or, you know, wherever. So, mm-hmm. uh, But it, it, it seems like Mullen still really wants to, uh, 
you know, stay retired and, and, you know, maybe become a broadcaster and, and see where that takes him. But it'd be a great hire. I mean, Dan Mullen is a sharp offensive guy. And if Nick Saban is, is running your program and Dan Mullen is just drawing up ball plays and calling plays, Alabama would be very lucky to have him. Yeah, I, I, there's no question if he's invested. The question Which about- he would be. If he took it. Yeah. The question about, and I agree with everything you said. He's a really good play caller. Because Saban would. Can you imagine that chewing out? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd but, love to see that. But you're right. Um, he, but, but listen, there's a reason coordinators don't last long with Nick. Part of it is because a lot of times they get that holy water on him and they go to the next job. But I would think working for Nick for a long time would be hard, you know? And so um, does Dan Mullen want to get back in or does he want to do the TV thing? I'm not sure. And I don't know Dan very well, so I don't. I, it's not like I can tell you, hey, I know Dan and here's how he thinks. I don't know him very well. But I do wonder what the answer to that is. I really do. Speaking of college football, a couple of spring games were announced today. Well, three actually. FSU spring game will be Saturday, April 15th at 4 o'clock. G-Day will also be that day, not a time yet announced. And a couple days before that, Florida's orange and blue game will be Thursday, April 13th. I love it. I, lo- I, I, really, I didn't think I'd like it, but I really loved it. We all went down there, did a show from down there. I imagine we'll do that again. I, I, uh, I love being down there, being around it. It was the only game going on. I don't think it was on live TV, was it? I don't think it was. But I, but I loved the way they did it. I thought, it was, I, thought, I thought Thursday night was a great idea. Yeah, I, I, I'm torn because I'd like to take – Jackson gotcha and totally get it. and my dad wanted to go as well we can't do that now with it being on a Thursday night so from a personal standpoint I don't think it's great for fans that don't live in Gainesville I uh, but I understand that everything revolves around recruiting and that's why they are doing this because they want to get the highest volume of blue chip prospects to visit Gainesville and be there for the spring game and uh, I do think there's something also to be said for you're going to have a, a high – they believe they will have a higher student turnout if the game is on a Thursday night than they would if the game was Saturday at 1 because so many students, particularly that time of year, uh, you know, might leave to go home, uh, things like that. So I think they feel like they'll probably have a more lively atmosphere from the students, but it does make it hard for Gator fans because it's, it's a tough turnaround. It's hard to get there. You've got to get back if you've got to work the next day. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, from our standpoint, it'll be fantastic. We had a great time last year and, uh, certainly look forward to it this year. Absolutely. Stetson Bennett was arrested early Sunday morning, Frank in Dallas on a misdemeanor public intoxication charge. Does that affect his draft status at all? (sighs) You know, maybe because he's a guy that has to have the peripheral stuff, you know? Um, yeah, maybe. Uh, and, and and he's got to, Stetson's got to be smarter than that. You know, I mean, he, he's he, I'm I'm not going to indict him because we we all did dumb things. Sure. You know? uh, hopefully, he wasn't driving around in a car. That's a different that's a different scenario. I'm not I'm not endorsing it, but I hope he, he he's he's earned the right to get a long hard look by the NFL, and I hope it doesn't affect him. Yeah, it's got to help. It's got to affect you a little bit. There's no it, there's no way it can affect you because he's a guy that leadership and maturity and patience and learning and coachability. He's got to have all that. Not not that not that Anthony Richardson doesn't have to have it too, but a guy that's going in the fifth, a five foot ten guy that's going in the fifth round really has to have it. I, I got to be honest; it'd be tough for me to draft him now based on this. I mean, he's too old to act like this, and I uh, and you, I think you know he's got. We talked about this last week. I mean, as a football player, I think he is underrated uh, in terms of how he would translate to the NFL. But 
you just can't, you can't, why would you bring behavior like this into your program? I, you know, if, if you're running an NFL team, he's, you're already taking him as an exception, which a lot of teams are not going to want to do anyway. So now you have, if, if you're going to take an exception, everything else has to be sparkling. And, you know, if this was something, if this video it was three years old and it just come to light, then it'd be easier to obviously excuse. The fact that he's 25, 26 years old, and this is how he's acting when he knows what's at stake, uh, to me, it's, it's a, it's a, it, I, I, I can't, I couldn't look past it. Yeah, as they say, nothing good happens after midnight. And finally, gymnastics. Florida defeated Georgia over the weekend, Friday night. Trinity Thomas got her 23rd perfect 10. This one was on the vault. I believe she also got a perfect 10 on bars and on floor. The judges did not give those you to her. You weren't happy about that, were you? No, I was not. Leanne Wong, I thought, also got a 10 on bars, but that's neither here nor there. Florida destroyed Georgia. And, yeah, 23 perfect 10s for Trinity Thomas. If you don't know this person's name, Learn it and uh, make sure you follow her highlights throughout the season. She is an unbelievable gymnast. And with that, we will say hello to Rick Ballou. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com careers. Equal opportunity employer. Rick Ballou is here. Rick, mm-hmm. Gene Hackman, 93 today. I'm going to need your top five Hackman movies, please, off the top of your head. Top five Hackman. Yeah. Well, I got to go French Connection. Okay, that, that's right? the one he's most known for. Yeah, love that. I, I love. Uh, I love kind of his. Um, well, he's great as Lex Luthor. Fantastic. He's one of my top five. I mean, that made my top five. F- um, I, I got to go with. Uh, even though it's a small role in the firm. Yep, that's one of my. He top feds five. Cruz's wife. Uh, There's not a in, lot of people that can in, pull that in off. the Bahamas. Right. Okay, just so you know. I that, mean, okay? uh, now granted, what, he, he what, wastes what, like what, three roofies <laughs> on her, but he still got the job done. <laughs> yes, he did. Um, Gene Hackman. I caught uh, you off guard. I did the same thing to Hayes. I kind of caught you off yeah, guard. Yeah, but, really but I respect him so much. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Off the top of my head, I can't. Yeah, my, my five were Hoosiers, No uh, Way Out. Obviously Hoosiers. Hoosiers, No Way Out, <sighs> The no Firm, Poseidon Adventure, and Superman. I had Superman ahead of Mississippi Burning, Unforgiven, and The French Connection for me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, No Way Out is great. Yeah, yeah no, no doubt about it. Gene Hackman, I can't – man, he is 93, huh? Yeah, 93 today. Yeah, how about uh, that? So there you go. Um, one of the greats. What about that? What, what was your take to, uh, from the game last night? What, what stood out for yeah, you? Yeah, very disappointing. I'm going to share a lot on it. Uh, you know, I didn't think the last I, – I thought the last call was the right call, but just everything leading up to that, it's uh, it's such a uh, incredible disappointment to, to see where we are. We're not getting any better. It's affecting games, and um, I'm going to make a statement right here at the top, which I have a feeling a lot of people are going to disagree with, yep. but it's one I believe in, and I think because of it, we're going to be able to start the movement. For? You're going to have to wait. Okay. Until the opening monologue. <laughs> I think I know what it is. You're going to have to wait. You know what? I'm a, you know what? Yeah. I know you well. I it's think a radio I what, tease. I think I know what the movement's going to be. Yeah. So, all right. and, I, and, and I think if it goes as planned, it's going to start that ball roll. Yeah, I think so. I think, Coming I think up I know the movement. I think it's, thank you, Rick. We appreciate it. Rick goes into the night uh, as soon as we get out of here. Folks, that'll do it for our program. I don't go anywhere. Rick Ballou is up next. We'll be back tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. Nice job, uh, Dylan. We appreciate it, brother. Thank you. Dylan filling in for Gibby. Gibby will be back tomorrow with Grub. Oh, thank yeah. You. For Dylan and the absent Gibby. For Hayes and Lauren, I'm Frank Frangie. So long.